Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have Sandy Kalora. Sandy is a former SWBA competitor and also an avid calico fisherman and diver. He does all kinds of fishing also, not just calico fishing, but we, we mostly talk about calico diving and we talk about his uh, time, what he does for a living, what he sculpts like a figurines and stuff for hollywood i'm not sure what he does but he does something really cool he's worked on men in black he's worked on total recall his original one he's worked on um jurassic park so it's kind of a, a cool conversation we talk a little bit about everything hope you guys enjoy this one also i want you guys to check out if you can lateral vision they just dropped uh their winter collection so i think it's like hats uh waterproof jackets sweatshirts all kinds of good stuff check them out support them they help support the podcast also check out swimbait underground coat of arms uh they just released a new shank it's a cool knife if you want to play razor tag with your buddy go buy it uh they have other cool stuff too like the jackets the hats uh and a i think it's like a boat a piece for your uh the carpet on the boat i'm not positive but it looks really cool check that out Next, we have uh, the guide that I like to talk about. This week, it's going to be Benny Florentino. So uh, here's a little piece that uh, about Benny. It's a, if you want to get a hold of him, it's www.fishcoastalcharters.com. Or you can uh, message him or text him at 310-779-0379. You could bring your gear or you can fish his gear, which is Shimano rods and reels, casting or spearing or spinning, uh, novice or experienced anglers. Uh, it'll help improve your techniques. My personal uh, experience is what when we went on it, I went with Justin and Charles Belnavis, which is Tatuna. He's been on the podcast before. I think he was episode like three or four, long time ago. And he was on with Matt Koch and Amadeo. But we went out with him. It was me and Justin McTeer, which was the co-host, uh, Ninja1980. And uh, we had a blast, dude. I caught my first topwater fish. It went off the day we went. Benny kind of turned me on to using 200 reels on heavier rods, which is very comfortable. Never did that before. I was always used to using 300s. So it's a, it's a great experience. Again, 
during the winter months, these guys, you know, uh, this is their livelihood. So if you have a chance and you got vacation for the couple weeks when your kids are off or something, go get a get a charter with Benny, get a charter with Jerry, get a charter with Justin Reynolds, uh, any of these guys, man. This is how they make their living. Go support them. So uh, again, check out Benny's because that's the guy I'm talking about this week. Uh, fishcoastalcharters.com and uh, go check him on Instagram. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is tournaments. So we have the, I think it's CML Jigs on the 7th. One last cast with me and Bobby uh, doing the seminar. A million sponsors. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you guys can make it down. San Diego LP Fishing Supply. It's an ACC Angler Clothing event uh, hosted by California Filthy, Phil. And then the next day will be Toys for Tots at Los Alamitos. And the 22nd is going to be uh, Western Species Surf Fishing Showdown. I hope you guys can make it to any of those. I'm going to try to make it to the surf fishing, all three of those. The seventh I can't make, but the other three I'm going to try to make. Hope you guys can come down. Also, thanks to everyone who purchased a shirt. They have all been shipped out. I'm getting a couple posts here and there from people that got them. Please repost them. Uh, Send me a picture. I'd like to repost it. I appreciate the support. Again, uh, I I just like talking about shit I love or shit I back. So the way I'm going to do anything with this podcast or try to pay for the podcast is through shirts. So if you like the podcast, buy a shirt. Would appreciate it. Next week will be Bash Jack Jason, uh, another fun podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. See ya. Uh, you know, the, you know, these are all twelve pound fish. You know, um, you know, I make my own baits. You know, um, oh, damn. You know, so you, you know, do a little bit of everything. Yeah, man. well, I'm an artist. You know what I mean? So yeah. I can I can sculpt and I can. You know, I know how to make stuff. Dude, so. that is amazing. Yeah, dude, I've caught, very... I've caught some big bass and yellowtail on that. Really? Oh yeah. How long? So how long have you been making baits for? We're already recording. So oh, okay. Ah. I've been I've been making my own baits since I was a little kid. Really? Yeah, yeah. And you grew up uh, East Coast. Yeah. So that's New, kind of a New different. York. That's kind of a different. Uh, most dudes grew up in San Diego and. You know, somewhere down mm-hmm. here. Yeah. But you grew up East Coast, so that changes the game a little because you didn't grow up fishing calico. You grew up fishing... Largemouth bass, mm-hmm. uh, striped bass, and bluefish were, were the quarry. And when did you move out here? How old were you? Uh, it was 1985. I was 17. So you were already fishing for a while before you moved out Started here. fishing when I was three. So see, that's a cool... Uh, do you feel like that might have helped you a little more because you had a different outlook on fishing when you came out here to fish? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, because um, what I did was I just took a lot of the principles that I applied to striper fishing mm-hmm. and catching bluefish and stuff like that um, and, and and applied them to calico bass fishing. It's, it's similar in so many ways. Um, the fish obviously are a lot smaller. Um mm-hmm. I mean, back east, you know, we catch 40, 50-pound fish in the surf. Wow. Uh, yeah. It's just, so it's you're a, doing the long rod, 12-foot yeah, poppers you know, and yeah, big yeah, plugs? Yeah, pencil poppers, yeah. Uh, wooden plugs. There was a company out of Buzzards Bay, Massachusetts, when I was a kid called uh, a gentleman by the name of Stan Gibbs. Okay. Used to make uh, wooden lures. They were He made a couple of swimming ones, and then there was, uh, there was like a... Um, Used to call it like a bottleneck popper. I believe he called it the Polaris. Mm-hmm. And then there was like a there was a pencil popper. And these were all 
huge. They were the, some of these were like 15 inches long. Wow. You know, because a lot of the bait fish, um, it's different on the East Coast. We have herring. Um, our, our primary bait fish for big striped bass and bluefish is a fish called a bunker or a menhaden. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get big. I mean, they so the get, bait fish is big there too. Yes. Okay. Um, and bait fishing is much more prevalent there for the for like the bass species and stuff. Okay. Um, especially in the 70s, there were not a lot of guys throwing artificials for those types of fish, striped bass, bluefish. Okay. All that. So I took a lot from freshwater. And, and that, then bring it over here when you moved. No. Well. It, oh, you, you did both. You both, incorporated no, yeah, it all together. Like I, I, was, I, I was taking lures out of my freshwater box and throwing them in the ocean and catching 30-pound wow. striped bass on them. <laughs> you know, so and what size line are you using then? 12-pound test. Yeah. It was like pink Andy. Yeah. Yeah, 12 or 15-pound pink Andy was Dude, what everybody fished. That's yeah. cool. So when you moved over here, what year was it? 85. So you're fishing. Did you fish with Seacrest then? Or did, did you know of I him? Did, I did not fish with Ben Seacrest. <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, yeah, he, he was around. Yeah. Uh, ben uh, was a great at Winter Sea this morning. Uh, no, he, uh, I, I, I've met him. Yeah. Uh, great guy. Uh, phenomenal fisherman. Uh-huh. Just a sweetheart of a guy. Uh, surfer as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, he, he, he was sort of at the fourth. Him and Stokesbury. Uh-huh were sort of at the forefront of the Calico thing when I moved here. Uh, there was another guy by the name of Mike Gardner. I'm sure yeah, you know about Mike. Um, Jack Soul. He lives right up the street. He's supposed to yeah. come on, too. He lives right uh, not far. That'll right be a good one. Yeah. Uh, Russ Dean was mm-hmm. another guy that uh, showed me a lot about Calico fishing uh, early. Um, I also, um, how, how I discovered calico bass fishing was um when i first moved here for the first few years i didn't have a boat this is the late 80s and the early night maybe into the early 90s what city did you move to well i i went to cal state northridge the first year that i lived here um and then i transferred to um usc to go to film school okay so uh i lived in los angeles for four years and then i moved to orange county i moved to newport beach in 1990 okay so um but what I did was I fished on a boat out of Newport Landing called the Amigo, which was run by a guy named Mike Thompson. Mm-hmm. He's part owner of the of the landing now. And he used to take the Amigo to Clemente. And he taught me a lot about calico fishing, about like getting up tight into the boilers. And, and back then, you know, there weren't a lot of guys throwing artificials. We would catch them on, you know, big horse mackerel, you mm-hmm. know, 8, 10, 12 inch long mackerel, mm-hmm. you know. And the first double digit calico bass I ever caught was on the Amigo. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That's how long how long ago it was too. It's hearing from someone else that not I mean you pioneered it too, but you just had a different story, you know, kind of like where Seacrest, you know, had his path and you had your kind. Sure. Now, when you did you ever like go, "Hey, I want to try him from the beach?" Were you trying him from the beach? I did. You did I it back caught, home. I caught plenty of calicos from the beach. So you were surf fishing down here and in Mexico. Okay. And what were you yeah. throwing when you were surf fishing? I mean, this was 90, right? I mean, no, 80s. 80s? Yeah, I started with poppers. Okay. And um, you were you were catching them with poppers then. Calico. Not a lot. Okay. I, I again, I'm I just I'm going to be I'm just trying to be as honest as no, I can. No, this is super is, interesting okay. because I guarantee people now go I wonder if I could catch a calico. Oh, you absolutely can catch calicos on poppers. Yeah. And, and you can yeah. catch them from the beach as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I would I would catch 
the occasional fish on a popper. Okay. Um, but that was, in other words, again, pre-internet, pre, you know, what do I throw? I don't know. So I took my, you know, medium action, you know, heavy action spinning gear, eight foot rod, mm-hmm. and I'm throwing poppers and I'm throwing like striper stuff. And I'm catching a few fish. And then I, you know, met people like Gardner and, mm-hmm. and all these other, and you get introduced to plastics and stuff like that. And I had thrown like, you know, the Mr. Twister, uh, Sassy Shad when I was a kid, you know, and I, I knew what curly tail grubs were and okay. stuff like that. So then I started throwing those and, I, and then I caught way more fish, but I caught the, I caught bigger fish on poppers, on big hard baits, um, there was, uh, uh, for a long time, a lure that I threw off the beach was uh, a rebel jointed minnow. Wow. Yeah, 70s lure. Yeah. For, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I caught a lot of fish on that. Um, and then I got a boat, and that, that changed everything. I mean, that changed. And what year was that you got a boat? 90. 90. I got my first skiff in 1990. Okay. Um, and then I started running to Catalina and Clemente and stuff like that and started doing different stuff. Did you, you do know? the Western Outdoor News thing? I did. did? I did. And I met, that's where I met a lot of those people was at the Western Outdoor News tournaments. Um, That was where I first met John Beerling, who has been an incredible influence on me. He's a Thai Ponders? Yes. He fished a Thai Ponder? Yeah, JB. Yeah, Yeah, his original partner was a gentleman by the name of Doug Crawford. Yes. uh, Who was also uh, a wonderful guy uh, and a great fisherman. Makes one hell of a margarita, too. We call them Crawfaritas. (laughs) you know, and he, I, I fished with him in Beerling a lot, um, and uh, and we dove a lot because you, you know Beerling dove uh, and surfed. So mm-hmm. th- that was w- why I gravitated to John and and why we fished and dove a, a lot because we both surfed, we both fished, we both dove, and we were all, we were both very diverse in our approach to things. Mm-hmm. He was doing different things, and I was doing different things, and 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 we very much clicked um on that level um it was right around then that i met cobbs f2 like i think i met Kobe. it's got to be 90 early 90s he was still working at gold and silver for ron and i mean this is before ron started edge products with hot sauce and Mm -hmm. his little edge baits and all that stuff Um, this is he was in a bass club then probably right he was fishing a lot of freshwater okay matt but he was also fishing a lot of spotties and matt was the first guy Matt said probably the funniest thing I ever heard on a podcast. What he goes, say? I go, have you ever ate spotty? He goes, yep. I goes, he goes, he, I goes, uh, nope. He either said yep or nope. And I'm like, are, are, did you hear they're good? He's like, they're, they're delicious. They're delicious. <laughs> People just say they taste like shit. They're delicious. I don't eat them. Like it was something real funny. It made me fucking laugh my ass off. Just yeah. the way he said it. Like he told you right up straight truth. Yep. And you know, you know and that's what I love about Matt. He's, he's always been a straight up guy and a straight shooter who's worn yeah. his heart on his sleeve and, and I love him for it, you know, and <laughs> we've had many, this fish right here, uh, Matt took this picture, uh, Matt ah, and Jerry Mayhew huge, w- were in the boat that day. Uh-huh. Uh, Mayhew f- got the whole thing on video. Uh-huh. Matt weighed the fish that was an 11, nine. Um, yeah. And there's two things that you have to notice about these pictures. It Nick. looks like you got two hands on the, the fucking mouth. Yeah, I do. It's gigantic. <laughs> this, this lure is, I have it. I'll show it to you. It's 15 inches long. Did you make that? No, no, no. That's, okay. We'll talk about that too. Okay. That, I didn't make that, that, but that's a 15 inch long okay. lure with the hooks. So there's two things you got to notice about these photos. One is the placement of my elbows, how you can see my elbows 
in the picture. So when you can see somebody's elbows, you're holding it closer to your body, mm -hmm. right? I'm not pushing the fish out like this. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to see the elbow. Yeah. And the second thing is, you know, I'm a six foot, 200 plus pound guy. Yes. So, you know, just these are big fish. And they're awkward, and they're moving. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't disagree with you. At yeah, all. those are big. That this one right here, I'm like, shit. It looks bigger than eleven nine, doesn't it? That's got to be one of the biggest calico I've, I've seen in a picture. Yeah, that that was that was that that was that scale that uh, was eleven nine. Matt Cobbzeff weighed that fish. Fuck man. Yeah, Mayhew was in the boat too. Was, shit. What an awesome trip. When was that? It was either late 90s or early 2000s. Okay. Yeah. He ate it right at the boat, too. We were fishing this small patch of reef. Uh, and we what, were, now, what lure was that? Because you were talking about the lure. That, uh, that is, I, I, it's people, it's called the Polish Shad. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was made originally by a company called Gapen Lures, which is now called HRT Lures. Okay. And they're made in Poland. Uh, along with another lure that I used a lot called a Salmo. Um, and they were both made in Poland uh, it, 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 to fish big pike in Europe. Somehow, somebody on the East Coast, um, oh, I know who it was. It was a Captain Jack Ballant mm -hmm. who ran, uh, he was a guide, a friend of mine. His shop was called Fish Connection West. Uh, I'm sorry, Fish Connect. It was called Fish Connection. My my guiding service was called Fish Connection West. Okay, he he was like me. He was very open minded about like, hey, you know, I'm going to order a few of these to see if I can get people to throw them for stripers. And I bought a bunch and I threw them for stripers. And oh my god, these things got bit so good. This is another one that they make. This is this is the this is the bait of controversy of many. This is called. Look at that thing is okay. beat up. Huh? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, this is after a lot of grouper in in Baja as well, like catching oh a lot of leopard gosh. grouper on it. They, they ripped the lip off. But I mean, you know, I've caught a, a, a dozen double digit fish on that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Kobzef calls it the Polish whistle. JB calls it the school bus. You know, can you still get this? Yes, you can. You can. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't look like that. Those are the older ones that okay. I got in the nineties. Um, they're the, the, the process of the way they paint them is very different. They're much flatter looking now. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's as good of a bait, but I mean, that was the lure that, you know, I won those SWBA tournaments on. And, really? And, oh yeah. What was your yeah. bag then? Your big bag? Okay. Here's the thing. Matt and I, the first year we fished it. Was this the start of SWBA or was it? It was. Like I I want to say it was the second year. Okay. Okay. I and okay. I I I have to preface something before we continue. I'm 51 years old and I don't remember <laughs> everything. That's a you know, long time. You know, you know I, mean? I, I don't remember, remember 20 dates years ago. <laughs> and stuff like that. But and to be honest, you know, I you know I don't weigh a lot of these fish like. This is a rare, you know, because Matt had a scale and he weighed it. Yeah. You know, I didn't weigh these fish. Yeah. You know, so I can't tell you what they weighed, but they're they're big. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, full disclosure, I, you know, if there's somebody out there, like, oh, you know, that was the third year, <laughs> whatever. Um, so it it was 2006. I can tell you that. Okay. Okay. Um, we did not. We only won one event, and it was actually the finale at the break wall. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I stuck two big fish that night. I stuck a six and a fish that went almost eight pounds. Wow. Um, both on hard baits. Really? At night. Yeah. No one was throwing this either, right? No. That's no the, that's no one even cool... knew what that was. Yeah. Beerling knew what it was because I fished a lot with him. Yeah. And Javi knew what it was because yeah. I, I, he was my partner. But no one else knew what that was. Dude, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. So you, you tried the whole time, you kind of try to think outside the box when you're... Always. You're trying to throw... I mean, even look at this bit. I would never fucking think about throwing this, you know, like for Calico. Well, Nick, the first thing you got to do is find a rod to throw it on. <laughs> yeah, right? You know, I mean, you've got to throw that on a big rod. It weighs six ounces. Fuck. You know, I mean, it's... So a, you're throwing like big swim bait, like for freshwater swim bait, heavy rods, like almost yeah, like that. Yeah, um, as a matter of fact, I throw that on a uh, on a Seeker Alua. Okay, so you know, you're going... Yeah, you yeah. know, it's you know, Shimano Tranks, 80-pound braid, 100-pound <laughs> leader. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know, because I'm... huge. Dude, uh, you know, and I mean, I've caught big grouper on that. I've caught big calicos, yellowtail. So, yeah, you know, um, you know yeah, it's, it, it's, you know, be, because I'm an artist... Um, and I've, I've been blessed with the ability to draw and sculpt and, and, you know, I knew how to make molds and stuff like way before, like every, because everybody pours their own baits now, now you know, yeah, it's kind of out of the bag. You kind of knew how yeah, to do it. You know, I mean, there was, there was no YouTube, there was no whatever, like you just, you know, I discovered what silicone rubber was and, and all this other stuff in the film industry, working, making monsters and yeah. doing all that crap that your, you said your, was your uncle? Or it was the, my, uh, like a family member's son. That worked for yeah. Rick Baker? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, I did a lot of that same stuff and I was fortunate enough to learn things there that I applied to my fishing, fishing arsenal, yeah. which was awesome. So were you making, when you first did the SWB, well, before that, mm -hmm. were you making baits? I was, but not to that degree. I mean, I made this recently, you know, within the past couple of years. But were you making hard baits then, or were yeah. you making... Mm -hmm. So yeah, from well, the yeah, get-go, you've yeah, been well, like yeah, a hard bait guy. carving my own baits out of wood okay. and stuff, yeah, and plastic. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I would I would mold them out of, you know, just like you'd mold a swim bait yeah. out of silicone rubber. Uh -huh. I would make a silicone rubber mold and pour them out of resin. Resin, okay. You know, and, and when was that? What year were you doing Late that? 80s, early 90s. Which is fucking cool, like, because no one was doing that yeah. then, right? Yeah. I well, mean, again... I don't know if anybody was That's doing what it. I'm, well, from what we know, I Correct. mean, from, you know, like yeah. people been doing that. I mean, now with the internet, you kind of see it happening the last five years or mm -hmm. whatever, however long it is, especially resins. I mean, a lot of the swim bait guys now, these, you know, a lot of swim bait companies are, you know, selling big swim baits, multi-jointed swim baits. And, you know, it's it's kind of cool here to hear you, like, trying to do that, you know, when you're. Yeah. And, you know, another thing that I did um, that I Again, I, I, all I can say is I'm not sure mm -hmm. if other people was doing it. Was I was throwing? I I, I love throwing hard baits at night. Um, it, it, you know that's on the wall in Long Beach. But that nice. was, I mean, I'd catch, you know, a 25 pound bag. Yeah. At, like every night I went. Fuck. You know, I mean, yeah. You know, there's be okay. Th this picture is very significant. Um, now you can tell how old that is. Be, for how from how young John is, <laughs> he's got a full head of hair, and and you know he's I, you know it's, that's not a dig. I'm just saying, you know, like, yeah. John's one of my best friends. But um, that fish uh, on on the Boga grip went ten you know ten plus. The, this on this day, we caught three fish over ten pounds, all on hard baits. Wow, base. dude! Three fish what over hard ten. Hard bait three easy. That bait is a Rapala Super Shad. Wow. Yeah. It's, a, again, a pike, a freshwater 
pike and musky. When you bit. were so when when you were kind of focusing on calicos a lot, were you going, what is a fish that is like you did with largemouth? You kind of use that to the striper thing. Were you thinking, man, pikes kind of are you have toothy, mm-hmm. and maybe calico will do the same kind of thing? Were you researching that? Yeah, yo, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, me and Cobbs have talked all the time about like it's what's the biggest thing you can throw yeah you know at some point nick it becomes it doesn't become about how 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 big of a lure can i get it's how big of a lure can i throw yeah you know what i mean at some point you can't throw it you know what i mean (laughs) so what do you do you troll it yeah i don't know Uh, this is cool this is matt cobbs f's first bug limit that he ever got that was on my whaler oh man look look how young he is there (laughs) he's a baby yeah 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 no you know this is back when we were doing it in surf wetsuits and it was was pretty nuts that was my old whaler but um yeah i mean so you know just a little history for you you know just you know just to be you know i'm very nostalgic guy yeah and and uh, and again so fortunate to have fished so many hours with Cobby, with Mayhew, mm-hmm. with JB, even a guy like Gardner, who, you know, he. You Did know, you fish a lot of spotty with Gardner? I, I fished a lot with Mike. Really? Uh, I knew him and his wife, Jeanette, very well. Wow. Um, and, you know, he. It's a shame, you know, as he got older, he, he got grumpier. And, 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 and unfortunately, you know, with the SWBA stuff and all that. He, he, he never really did well mm-hmm. in, in any of those tournaments, but that's never how I've judged an angler, you know, anyway. But um, Mike was, you know, was a very good friend of mine uh, who taught me a lot about light tackle fishing in the bays and stuff like that. Um, and then, of course, you know, when I met Kobzeff, you know, it's like he showed me some... I'll give you a perfect example mm-hmm. of how I don't think people should, like, quote-unquote, claim things. Yes. You should just speak from your own truth and yeah. what you know. He was telling me for like for a while that he was that he 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 had a lure. He didn't tell me what it was. <laughs> that he was throwing in Newport and he was catching, you know, huge spotties. Yeah. Now, remember, I'd fished with Gardner and and I'll I'll, I'll back up into that after I tell you the okay. story, but you know, so I was no stranger to catching spotty, uh, big spotties. Mm-hmm. But Matt said uh, we were hanging out one night, and I, I went over to Gold and Silver. We uh, Matt and I had this thing. We we would go for Mexican food at Super Mex on Brookhurst. Okay, it was a little bit further down from where he worked at Gold and Silver with Ronnie, and uh, and so we're sitting there and we're eating burritos. And he goes, he's all, all right, he's all, you're gonna come fishing with me on Friday. <laughs> we're going to Newport. He's like, don't even bring a tackle box. Damn, just bring your rocks. <laughs> okay, so. He busts out a bag, a little bag full of spinner baits. And because of where we already talked about where I came from with the largemouth fishing, you know, getting into like the stripers and all that, it was like, I, I wasn't that surprised by the thought of it, of to say like, okay, it's a freshwater lure that he's throwing in salt water. I would just never think a yeah. spinner bait, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, is he is he messing with me? Is he and we went to this one spot and it didn't take very long for him to start hooking fish. And he showed me how to do it. So we, 
you know, caught a boat full of them. And it was super fun. Yeah. So I go home, I'm buzzing, right? I'm just like, this is great. <laughs> you know, and he's, he's like, all right, you, you, you go on, you, you got to call this guy. I forget what the gentleman's name was, but it was a company called Rocky Ledge Tackle. Okay. Um, I don't remember what he called the spinnerbait, but I remember after I showed it to John Beerling, he started calling it the alien because <laughs> the head on it looked, really funky yeah so he started calling it the alien so we just called um i called it goldie because it was it was just gold yeah that's where matt's matt and i's team name came from team goldfish from the, Be- that spinner the, yeah and matt's old tacoma was gold okay he we called it goldie so <laughs> but anyway so okay so this is where the where it kind of dovetails in where i was talking about examples and not claiming things and mm-hmm. keeping your mouth shut and listening before you, you know, bah, 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 bah. so I went, I went to go see him to do our burrito thing at gold and silver, like say probably the following week, mm-hmm. maybe two weeks later. And, uh, we're talking and I said, I said, you know what? I said, I'm going to go to Clemente this weekend and throw these things. I bet you nobody's done that. He's like, dude, I was out with, you know, Benny and Jack's old, you know, a few days ago, <laughs> we were roping them out you know, on the East end and both. And I'm just sitting there with my head in my hands going, oh, you, of, of course you were. Yeah. Of course you were. Because <laughs> Matt is a great fisherman and he's going to figure that out. So if you would throw it for spotties, of why would you? Yeah. Of course you're going to throw it for calico bass. Yeah. So there's a, a perfect textbook example for you of like, you know, you think you're a genius and then all of a sudden the guy's like, oh, I was there, you know. And he didn't. he didn't say it in a way of like, you know, I've, I've got one up on you, yeah. blah, blah. It was just like, he was very matter of fact about it. Oh, yeah, you know, he's like, you know, Benny's looking at the thing going, uh, he, I can't believe you're catching all these. Ba- <laughs> oh, and he said he was he was roping them. Yeah. He, he was out fishing both Benny and Jack. Fuck. They were throwing plastics and Matt was throwing a spinner, but he said he was just hurting her feelings, yeah. as Little C's would say. Hurting her feelings. <laughs> I mean, we're hurting her feelings. Her, her, her feelings. <laughs> just, just roping <laughs> Oh shit! So let's get back into the SWBA thing. So, uh, 2006, mm-hmm. you and Matt, your team, enter uh, your first tournament, mm-hmm. do very well the whole year. Correct? Matt Hard. does very well the whole year. <laughs> uh, he, I, you know, again, if I, I, I promised, I made a promise to myself that I was going to be honest when I came on here, and I wasn't going to tell fish stories. Okay. Uh, Matt caught most of the fish. Mm-hmm. He caught most of the fish because. We we each had a role. Matt would fish smaller baits, which was typically a five inch swim bait on a three quarter ounce to one ounce head, depending on the current. Mm -hmm. And I would throw this stuff. So yeah, so sometimes I I would go all tournament without without catching a fish. Mm -hmm. Matt would weigh our whole bag. Mm -hmm. Um, But whenever there was a big fish, with the exception of Oceanside, where Matt stuck a nine two, I believe it was. Um, most of the big fish were, I, I caught, um, I caught those two big fish at the wall at, in the, in the, the finale or whatever, whatever yeah. they called it. Uh, I caught our big fish in Laguna on this. This is another, uh, freshwater pike muskie. Is this is a Bagley's deep bar. Yeah. So, so that, are you bouncing this off boilers then pretty mm-hmm. much? Yeah, that was the exact lure I caught that wow, fish on. Wow, dude. Yeah, yeah t- totally, dude. Thinking outside the box, man. Yeah. So so anyway, yeah. So Matt uh, Matt taught me 
those were the first, uh, aside from the one tournaments, uh, which I fished with a guy by the name of John Gillis. The bass, uh, the Western Outdoor News? Yeah, yeah, okay. the, the, the saltwater ones. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've never fished a freshwater bass tournament in okay. my life. Um, a guy named Rich Ragland. Um, you know, I fished some of them with JB. Okay. Uh, um, we got second one year to uh, EB. And uh, a guy by the name of Greg Persini, who's one of the greatest Calco bass fishermen yeah. ever alive. Like, what is the guy. team name that they, they have? Um, Greg Persini. Persini. Yeah. Don't remember, but I just remember that guy. Yeah. Catching a lot of big fish on like all this really funky gear. I mean, yeah. he would fish reels without line guides on them, and <laughs> you know, like super old parabolic rods. He fished all mono. It didn't matter. Guy just was a fish magnet yeah but um but anyway so yeah we 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 fished the swba that year and we never placed out of the top five okay in six tournaments we did very well angler of the year yeah great yeah yeah so the and i learned a ton from matt and um not only about fishing but about tournament fishing um and it really opened my eyes to, you know, how much work you have to put into it. And it's it's just a different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And I just remember just learning so much from him. Um, but I also saw the, the negative side of it, which was the huge, immeasurable, enormous change that it spread across that whole circle of people but yeah you know there and then you know that's when the incident happened (laughs) um (laughs) yeah that that it sort of it yeah bummed me out i was you know win angler of the year and Mm -hmm. then you get get banned you get kicked out you never fish another tournament after that one swba no i fished the offshore challenge with ea Mm -hmm. eric abrahamson few years back um and we got third place mm-hmm. we did pretty good you know got a check and and eric i have to again we're going back to the honesty thing i have to give eb credit because he did a very nice thing even though there was a lot of tension between him and i mm-hmm. um a lot you know i'm the new york guy <laughs> i got a big mouth yeah i'm opinionated um, and I express those opinions. I also happen to be from a place, being New York, mm-hmm. where it's okay to talk a little bit of smack if you can back it up. Mm-hmm. I just want Angler of the Year. So in my eyes, it was like, in other words, if, if I could go back and do it all over again, I would have kept my mouth shut mm-hmm. and I would have been more of a gentleman about it. And I would have let my fishing and our fishing combined speak for us because it spoke so much louder than me shooting off my mouth on those message boards like a child. Well, why were you shooting your mouth off? Because I didn't agree with everything that Eric and James were doing. I thought that that six pound test thing in Newport was stupid. Oh, Um, they had a rule in Newport. I don't don't know much about the tournament. Six pound mono. Okay. Um, it was called the Cabin Fever Reliever. It was the first tournament of the year. They did it in January. And you had to fish six-pound test or lower. You didn't like that? Hated it. Why? 
I mean, because you know, you're, you're fishing pilings. You're it, it, it changed it changed the way you fished. Yeah. And I again, it, it's con, it's all conjecture at this point, Nick. Mm-hmm. But again, this is an opinion, not a fact. I think Matt and I would have won that tournament if we could have fished. You know what we norm even twelve pound. Yeah. You know which is what we were throwing twelve fifteen. So then twenty on a jig rod. Yeah. You yeah. know. How are you going to get a three pound spotty out, you know, out of those pilings <laughs> on six pound tests, gardener style? I mean, yeah. come on, that's it works in open water and it works if you're catching 10 inch fish, but yeah, come on, dude. And that was one of the things you, you voiced about. I was very idea. vocal about that. Um, I was very vocal about people coming at me saying, oh, you know, you can't do this and you can't do that. And, you know, there were. There were people that, you know, because I, I posted a lot of these pictures and mm-hmm. they're like, oh. So this was on the SWBA board. The website. It was on the, the they had chat form. Tra- chat form. So yeah. that was kind of like Instagram before Instagram. Right? Correct. I mean, yeah. that, was, that was the outlet that yeah. you had. Okay. You know. And like I said, we'll have a completely separate discussion about social media. But yeah. this, you know, I was, you know, dude, I, I, I was just opinionated. That's all. I mm-hmm. had very strong opinions and I expressed them, and it rubbed EB the wrong way. It, mm-hmm. it really did. Have you and talked to EB since? Of course, yeah. No, that's we good. Worked it all out. Yeah, yeah. Of course, no. I, dude, I love EB. He's yeah. He's he's eccentric, and and he can be weird. Um, but I just I don't think he's a bad person. I, he's and he's a hell of a fisherman too. Yeah, great. You know, he knows a lot about all different kinds of fishing. You know, and I genuinely like him. Um, and it's his tournament, mm-hmm. him and James discussed it. And I guess that now I will say this, and I, I don't know if I'm being a, like a bad boy or whatever, yeah. but I will say this again. I don't remember what year it was. It was maybe four or five years ago, whatever it was when me and EA fished the offshore challenge. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, so so to finish that whole little thing that that EB did that was very nice. Um, I don't know if you've ever fished that event, but no, um, I've never. Fished okay, that so event. you line up. I mean, everybody's in the isthmus and everybody's on the radio. Shotgun? They, no, no, it's not shotgun. Okay, it's it's flights. Okay, so Eric announces on the radio. You know, team. You know, uh, you know, refront or Val and Tom Hanzus. Good luck, and they'd go. And, uh, you know, Team Bastic, Evan Salve, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Good luck. And then he's all, I don't remember what our team name was, but he's like, Team whatever, Eric Abrahamson, and welcome back, Sandy Kalora. And I thought that was nice. That was yeah. nice of him to say and call that out, and I really appreciated it. Okay, let's, since we're on SWBA, yeah. let's, let's, let's finish that. Okay. If you don't mind. Yeah, Because no it's fresh in my yeah, head. Yeah, great. And then, and then we'll talk about Mike, because okay. I definitely want to talk about that. Um, so I get kicked out of the SWBA and then this really weird thing starts to happen. All of these people that I fished with on a very regular basis, Beerling included. Now, again, I'm going to preface this by saying, Nick, and I, and I want everyone listening to this to pay attention and listen to what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I'm not calling anybody out. This is not a dig on anybody. I'm telling you what I saw, mm-hmm. what my perspective of 
of how the SWBA ruined saltwater bass fishing really? in Southern California. Yeah, dude, because all of a sudden, all of these people that I was fishing with on a regular basis wouldn't fish with me anymore. Oh, so you're 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 more to ruining to you is the enjoyment of They ruined the friendships. Okay. They ruined the camaraderie. <laughs> they ruined when they started running around in jerseys and wrapping their boats, dude, you, this fish. So, okay. At the same time, are you going to say that tournament saltwater bass fishing ruined calico fishing more than just SWBA? Because Jerry, they, everyone's running SBS, around, fucking, sure. you know, and so yeah, it's kind of like, you're right. Yeah, yeah, I'll say let's let's just say tournament calico bass okay. fishing because that I was think and they were the prime. They were the, correct. The, the not I guess one still had their thing, but it wasn't yeah. the same. No, yeah, you you are correct. I don't I don't want to unfairly single out the SWBA because again, I get what you're saying a hundred percent. I mean, I even even fishing with the guys that I fish with now, mm-hmm. like we filmed the pilot, me and and uh, Bobby knows and Jeff, sure, and Jeff was going to enter still. And Bobby was entering, and they're mm-hmm. on the same boat. Sure. Well, when we were filming the pilot, this was back in March. Mm-hmm. They weren't fucking fishing the way. They no, were, of course you not. know because they know. Not. Oh well, Jeff might you know, and they, and they both know that they're fucking around, you yeah. know, and yeah. and I'm sure dudes don't give up, you know, like a certain mm-hmm. thing. No. And you're right; it does change friendships. But you saw that happen from the get go. Yes, guess, right? because yeah. again, what what started happening was. Cobbs F wouldn't fish with me anymore. Mayhew wouldn't fish with me anymore. Beerling wouldn't you fish. Were, this is when you were fishing SWB or you weren't? It's It sort of started while to the 2006 season was going on, but it, it got worse after that. Because they didn't know if you were going to tell someone else what they were using. Absolutely. Okay. They, they were, and again... It's not a personal thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not calling anybody out individually. I'm not. You're just talking about enjoying fishing I'm, with your friends. I'm talking about the entire way we all fish changed. And it wasn't just for me, Nick. It was for everybody. Mm-hmm. I spoke to a lot of people that felt the same way. It just got weird. Doesn't that happen, though, when money gets involved? Of course. Well, it, it, money and bragging rights, because what are fishermen all about? Look at me. I mean, look. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm no different. Look at all these photos I brought you. Look, yeah. You know what? Yeah. I, I'm no different. Yeah. I'm no different. Yeah. We're fishermen. This yeah. is, we're all like, hey, look at the fish I caught. Yeah. Right? So, but I think what happened was it, it, it put a very odd pressure and sense of like, I really like this guy. And I'll go offshore fishing with him. Or I'll go diving with him. Or we'll go grab some bugs. <laughs> but we're not. We're not going calico fishing. <laughs> and then people started wearing jerseys. And people started wrapping their boats. Yeah. And I remember... Who was the first person to wrap their boat? I don't remember and I don't care. Doesn't matter. It's ridiculous. I'm sitting in a restaurant. I'm not going to tell you who it was because it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. You're just telling a story about what you saw. Correct. The guy said to me that he felt that this was going to get to like where the FLW was or where, 
you know, the bat, you know, and, and I'm just looking at the guy and I'm like, dude, you, you can catch this fish in Southern California and parts of Northern Baja. Mm -hmm. It's what we call in the film industry, a boutique thing. Mm -hmm. It's not something everybody can do. No one is going to wind up being the Kevin Van Dam of calico fishing. But that's what everybody thought they were in these damn jerseys. You think? I know. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I spoke to them. The, Nick, the way they would talk changed. The way that they presented themselves changed. All this sponsorship bullshit, that changed everything. You know, and again, I, this, I'm not patting myself on the back. This has nothing to do with me personally, but back in the day, Mike Gardner hooked me up with Tony Pano at Double A's. This is in the 90s. Mm -hmm. They gave me baits. Mm -hmm. Okay. They weren't giving me any money, but they gave me baits. So someone's giving you baits? Absolutely. Do you like, consider that sponsored? I don't know. I, I, that's a tough question. I mean, they didn't want me fishing any other plastics. If so you were if, exclusive if with them. Double A's. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I also got on Lima Glass. John Posey gave me 15, 16 rods a year, but he didn't want me fishing any other rods. That, I consider that sponsored. Fine. Okay. So I was, and dude, I was in ads. Yeah. Ads. You I'm in sponsored. ads. Yeah, that's sponsored. In magazines. Okay. Now, I understand. See, there's. I was guiding at see, the time. You were guiding. I was guiding. Okay. Yeah. So you were making money. Were you guiding Calico? Yes. Really? And, 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 a lot of Long Beach Harbor. What year was that? 95, 6, oh, 7, wow, 8, man. 9, 10. You know, no 2010. Yeah. Oh, so you were yeah. guiding up till a little while ago. Mm, I stopped when I sold my whaler when I got when okay. I got rid of the when I got rid of the whaler and I got the rib. Okay. So it was uh but no, I mean and, and again, I mean I you know, I'm not doing it to the degree that Ben Florentino's doing it. I'm certainly not doing it to the degree that Jerry's doing yeah. it. Those guys are professional guides. That's what they do. Yes. I did it because I enjoyed getting people on fish and it was just something to do because it was cool. You know, I was making a few bucks and you know, people were giving me free stuff and I enjoyed it. And do you think so Jerry, um, Benny, uh Whoever else, I mean, of Calico, then, uh, you know, um, well, just let's say the people that guide, you know, uh, mm -hmm. Reynolds, mm -hmm. let's consider them professional guides. Yes. Okay. Because Ben Florentino makes a living and doing so it. Does so Reynolds does Reynolds and so does Reynolds else. Okay. and so does Jerry. Now, do you consider, is there such thing as a professional Calico bass fisherman? No. There's not a professional Calico bass nope. fisherman. Even though if you're the best in the field... As a calico bass fisherman, even though you enter the tournament, the primary tournament that is the best, which right now would be SPS, and you won, you're not a professional still. No. Mm -mm. How does that work then? Because if you went and I told you I won the FLW, okay, Dude, how about this? the FLW okay. is a, is a nationally but, but recognized. This is my, in my thing. head, I go, it, it, there's no one else doing this. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no one else doing this, and this is the only place you can do it, and you're going against the best people that can do it. Okay, let's put it this way. Let's now, you're not making a living as a professional, but you're a professional calico bass fisherman. No, see, I disagree. Really? I, I, because I think to call yourself a professional, you, have to be you need paid. to be making a living at it. 
Okay. I'm a professional artist yes. because that's how I make my living. Yes. I think Benny is a professional he fisherman. Makes a living off Evan of... Salve is a professional fisherman yeah. because he's making a living off doing it. Um, Mayhew. But and if you're looking out now, if we're not just talking about fishing, like if you go I enter the primary I enter the the top tournament for calico bass fishing. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a rookie division and there's a master's division. Mm-hmm. If you win that Masters, I mean, to me, that's a professional calico bass fisherman. Even though you're putting money and you're not making money off of it, really, you might mm-hmm. be making a little bit off of okay. the checks. But that's a hard thing to do because sure. in my eyes, I go, wow. I, if you told me, Nick, you just fucking won the Masters, I fucking feel great. I'm fucking as amazing. Would I. As and would I, I would be happy that all these companies gave me dial or whoever gave me free product. Okay, but dude, in 2006, when me and Maddie won Angler of the Year and I was on Lama Glass and I was on Double A's. professional. No, no I wasn't. I never considered <laughs> myself a professional. I know you didn't consider, but in my, I'm just saying from a, from a different perspective, these dudes that enter the tournament. Now, is there guys that don't enter that are, are fucking as good as them? Yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of guys because Benny doesn't enter anymore. You know, Rich Marcel, Greg Prasini, John Turner. So there's plenty of guys that still don't enter. Come on, they've never fished the SWBA, but they, or I think Prasini might have. But I mean, these are guys that are that you know. See, the only the only Eddie Howerton, yes, another guy does it all. Yeah, you know, I mean, but you know, he's as far as giving someone their little piece of. This is this is this is calico bass fishing's elite. This is their elite. So I could consider if someone says, "Is he a professional calico bass fisherman?" Sure, he won. He's the elite calico bass fisherman. Okay, fair enough. If that's right. if you no, want no, to, I'm just yeah. I'm just asking you what you think. Like, is there a way to to label someone like that? Even you know what I'm saying. Like, I get you might think like wrapping a boat might go too far, or wearing a jersey, or you know, whatever it might be. But is there a way to like do it with class maybe or with not not the way you think it should Dude, be done? all of those guys did it with class. I'm not saying but no, that. No, 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 no. You know how like it kind of bugged you. It was like two. It was, did you think that wrapping the boats was overboard? Yes. Do you think wearing jerseys is overboard? Absolutely. Okay. Now, how would you go? How do you think Me and Cobbsef never wore a jersey. Me and Cobbs have to. No, I get, I get what you're saying. Like, I, I'm the same way. Where I'm like, I don't give a fuck about anything. But Cobbs F is, is, mean, is, is fishing with Rex right now. Yeah. in SPS, his boat's not wrapped. He still doesn't wear a jersey. Wears yeah. a red Mercury sweatshirt. Yeah, is he sponsored by Mercury? I don't even know. Because <laughs> you know, you know, that, that's not obvious. I mean, that that's just the way he is. You know, yeah. I mean, but no, but I like this conversation because I had the same too. thing with C's. No, me too. And I'm trying to figure out how do you well, classify? How do you classify something? Okay, C's brought up a really good point in his because again, I've listened to them all. Yes. I've listened to them all very carefully. Um. Sees was uh, was very clear in saying, "I'm I own a restaurant. That's my job. Mm-hmm. I am not a professional fisherman. Mm-hmm. When I'm on the pro staff for Salty Crew or Pearl Swim Baits or whatever, he said it's promotional, promotional staff. Okay. They give him product to fish." and to give out to other people, which is the same thing Jerry Mayhew has done for years. Mm-hmm. That guy has given me so much tackle 
and so much line and so many rods and reels because he's he's being given that stuff by those companies, by Lucky Craft, by Daiwa, mm-hmm. by whoever to give out at those tournaments and give out to the people that he fishes and dives with or whatever and says, hey, go try this lure because I think it's rad and it catches fish. That's and I know you'll catch fish too. Absolutely. On it, you know? Now, I agree 100% promotional mm-hmm. staff, but mm-hmm. how do we separate the elite from someone that's not? Because you're making, to me, if you're entering a tournament, there's mm-hmm. a tournament there for a reason. People want to enter it. People want to see how good they are. Correct. So how do we how do we figure that out? Like you know how do you figure that out? Like where, like, if you consider someone that gets paid professionally for fishing, mm-hmm. nothing against John Borland, okay, the YouTube star, okay, but he's professional then. I, I would now have could to, now I would could have to could agree. Matt Cobbs has outfish him any day, <sighs> okay. So why wouldn't Matt be professional in calico bass fishing or something? You know what I'm saying? Like to me, it's like I just consider this little niche like. When I first looked it up, I was like, oh, SWBA, these guys are fucking pro. When I got C's on here, mm-hmm. what did I tell my wife? I didn't tell my wife, I got C's. No, I got a fucking pro on. I got mad on. I got a pro on. I didn't know anything. I didn't know any of this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I'm going, yeah. I got a pro on. Oh, this dude's a salty group. He's fucking pro. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. So that's where maybe the group doesn't think that. But on the outside looking in, I'm going. That's a great point. Nick. These dudes are pro. Like him, it's a great. And point. I remember, I remember he's calling me, and I'm going, "Oh fuck, he wants to come on the pod. This was fucking a year." And then Cobbs have came, like, "Oh shit, he's AOI." Chrissy's told me, "I'm like shit." Here's the guys, you know, like yeah, these the, are the, the guys. The guys the are coming. They're the pros. Yeah. yeah so yeah, ab- that's kind of like, and that's what I think of pro. Not not so much like, hey, I'm pro, I get paid. Mm-hmm. It's more like I'm representing a company as elite. Calico bass Correct. fisherman, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like yeah, like C's with Demiki or you know Jerry with yes, Iowa yes. or you know Beerling with Phoenix and yes, yeah, no, I get it, and and you know what, I, you you bring up a great point, and yeah. it's part of why I love your show, and I'm <laughs> so excited. So you got to remember, here. I'm like a green guy looking in. No, I'm going dude, like- <laughs> no, 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 I don't think you're green at all, bro. I think <laughs> I, you know, it's you're 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 a smart dude, and. You know, you ask very relevant and like poignant questions and, you know, you want to hear what people think. But I like to hear what you're thinking too, because I'm like, would I wrap my boat? No. Even if I was sponsored, because that's a lot Mm. of money and I don't have fucking money to do that, you know? Well, I would think that the sponsor would give you. You never know though. They might not. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, I've never had a wrap boat either, so I don't know. But I could get what you're saying back to the whole point of. You can't fish with the friend because they might think you, you you'll spread the the gold to the next friend or the gold you know to someone else and they're like hey I've had this lure like for instance we did Bobby's video with the axe blade mm-hmm. he's been fishing that thing for fucking eight years never told anyone yeah now he finally let the cat out of the bag you know like he's fucking been fishing it you know and he's like oh people are going fucking son of a bitch you know like now that's keeping something in the you know like you know i didn't let anyone know about this you know mm-hmm. like it's true yeah so i get it 100%. bobby's a great stick yeah it's a great stick yeah so i mean yeah. i can see what people are saying and i completely get that when it was something new to you like mm-hmm. this wasn't happening before no you were just going fishing and cop stuff was going like hey i'm gonna show you some shit yeah that didn't happen anymore yeah exactly that is exactly my point yeah is people stopped sharing Mm-hmm. And when you stop sharing, you stop growing. And to me... So you think that 
kind of put a cap on the calico bass fishing because people weren't sharing as much? That's exactly what it did. Okay. It's exactly what it did. Because everybody got really weird and secretive. Dude, I'm I'm really curious to see what Matt and JB think of the fact that I am on your show, which I know a lot of people listen to. Yeah. And I'm talking about these gaping baits. I mean... <laughs> dude, they're amazing. These crazy... They are crazy Look at this. Stuff, dude. Look at this. Look at this. That thing is huge. Look at that. That is so big. I bought that bait in 1992. Two or three. You've kept a great care of it. Um, it, no, I mean it's it's it's. I mean, how many times do I change the hooks out or whatever? But yeah. I mean, it's, I mean the paint job. I yeah, mean, for, for you to tell me that it's pretty beat up. It looks great still for the paint. Well, I well I repainted that. Oh, you did? Yeah, that's a sandy paint job oh, on there. That's, that's a, too, yeah, man. that was originally looked like this. Okay, that was the perch. Yeah. So I painted it sort of but like yeah. A baby I know what you're saying. He's like you're you're you talking know? about something on the podcast, yeah, and they might go. This son of a bitch. <laughs> Here are the Salmos. This is another bait that's made in Poland. Ooh, man. That is cool. First glide bait I've ever fished. Really? I ever saw. Yeah. And Beerling was the master of throwing these things. Um, this bait right here, the small Salmo, this was one of the times where I was in a boat with somebody that I could absolutely say without a shadow of a doubt, the color and the lure made a difference because really me, oh dude, me and Crawford were throwing everything in the kit <laughs> and Beerling sitting there cast, cast after cast catching huge fish on this goofy penis looking, whatever the <laughs> fuck this is. But you know, it, you know, and then me and me and Crawford were me and maybe catching a fish here, fish there on a swim bait or whatever. And then finally, it's like, all right, motherfucker, I know you got six of those. Give me one. You know, I, and, and I don't remember who cracked first, if it was Crawford yeah. or me. But, you know, he wound up giving us the bait. That's and, fucking know, funny, pretty dude. funny. But again, you know, these are this. This was a bait that a lot of guys fished in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Maine. Uh, for stripers and bluefish, and that's when you bring here. I br I bring all these baits back from East Coast. These are like something you tried over here, your style. Yep, yep. I was the, to my knowledge, yes. I was the first person to throw these in the Pacific Ocean. Okay, so, so back to your talking about not growing because of people not sharing. Mm -hmm. Well, now you're at a different spectrum. Yeah, you're with Instagram. You everyone's sharing. Yep, everything. Too much. Now, do you think it's a little too much? You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like... I think I think the bigger problem with social media is that it gives people a false sense of self-importance and people cannot, find, people cannot in their brains separate that line of demarcation from the amount of likes and comments that something gets to just how fucking cool it is if it wasn't posted on the internet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think it's, that's a global problem, Nick, that goes way beyond fishing. Um, and I think the Mike Long thing is, is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a perfect example of how it's evil. You know, it's just, 
So what's your outlook on the whole Mike Long? I mean, you watch the video. Everyone's watched that video. Yeah. And I read the freaking nine page book that that guy wrote. <laughs> um, It's a crazy, okay. it was a crazy. Read. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you okay. know, what's crazy right after that. Um, sees is like, Hey, read this book. So belly. Uh, Sal Belly. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I read that. Great book. So I'm like, to, I read the article first, so it might have like changed my opinion reading the, yeah. you know, I, 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 I don't know. That. I don't I know. But that. I mean, to me, yeah, it looks like you'd fucking snag the fish. It looks like it. Yeah. You know, but you seem to tell me you have something more to. I hit. have. No, it's not, not necessarily more. Just a more. Different, different opinion. It's a very different opinion okay. about the thing as a whole. Okay. Okay. Um, I watched the videos. Mm-hmm. He's definitely snagging those fish. Mm-hmm. No question. Yeah. It's a, he's cheating. He's it's bad. Yeah. He he's a cheater. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I fished I can count the number of times I fished for largemouth bass in California mm-hmm. on two hands. Literally. Yeah. Mayhew took me once or twice, did it with Cobby maybe a half a dozen times, and that's it. Literally. Yeah. I went, I went to a golf course pond one time with my friend Tom Meshek and a couple other guys from the beach and we jumped over this wall and caught a bunch of fish on spinnerbaits yeah. and stuff. It was fun. But um, I am by no means, uh, you know, any sort of an expert or anything on freshwater bass fishing. So that's going to help play into my point. So you need to keep that in mind. Okay. I'm a saltwater guy. Mm-hmm. Tried and true. However... I knew who Mike Long was. Yeah. Because I fished with Javi. I fished with Mayhew. And you heard about this dude. Javi, you know, like would tell me, he's like, ah, oh, yeah, this guy, you know, but I, I read Bill Seaman tell him I'd have mentioned something to me at Fred Hall show. And I've met Mike Long. Mm-hmm. Okay. At the Fred Hall show mm-hmm. or, or one of these shows. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you something. Not being connected to that scene at all in any way, shape or form. Other than hearing little, you know, like I said, bits and pieces from Javi and bits and pieces from Mayhew, whatever. I knew he was a cheater because that's all those guys would say is that like. You already knew. You know, he's he's catching fish in one lake, driving to another lake and taking a photo and saying he caught it in the lake. Mm -hmm. He's snagging fish. He's doing this. He's doing that. People told me these things. So even though I wasn't in that scene. I knew he was doing that. Mm -hmm. So what does that tell you? That tells you that if I'm a saltwater guy and I don't even really fish green bass, Mm -hmm. hardly at all, and I know he's cheating, wouldn't it stand to reason, Nick, that everybody that does fish that stuff know as well? Mm -hmm. If you read the article and you listen to all the subsequent things that people were saying about the entire situation... 90% 90% of those people, by and large, well, everybody always knew already. I yeah. mean, everybody knew yeah. that he was a cheater. There were things said like, you know, I remember reading, you know, things like saying like, wow, you know, the first time I fished with Mike Long, he, he casted funky and he, <laughs> he, he didn't really seem like that great of a stick, you know, yeah. like, you know, and. I heard that from a lot of people read it. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you know he's he's cheating. Yeah. Okay. 
Now, all that being said, this guy, this San Diego fish guy that exposed him. Frank Kellen's his name. Don't know the man. Mm -hmm. SD Fish or something. SD Fish, yeah. yeah. Never met him. I think that what he did is just as fucked up as, as what Long did. Really? Really? Dude, you, you, you're going to... Oh, I'm listening to your point of view, man. I'm. You're gonna you're gonna creep around in the bushes and film this guy yeah. and follow him around. Get his. What are you, a freaking private investigator? Are you the fish police? You're going to put all of this work and all of this effort into exposing somebody like that publicly, never once thinking what it might do to this guy's life, what it might do to his family, Mm -hmm. what it might do to his friends. Now, did what he do, is what he did wrong? Dude, again, absolutely. I'm not sitting here arguing a point for Mike Long Mm -hmm. or saying what Mike Long did was right or saying that you're being too hard on him. Absolutely, dude. Despicable what he did. Mm -hmm. But it takes a certain type of individual to go after somebody to that degree, to where you put that much time and write a nine-page fucking college thesis on that this guy's cheating or whatever? Like, why do you need to do that? What's the point? What is the point of, number one, telling people what they already know and taking it to that degree how much time do you have to have on your hands to be able to follow this guy around i think he did it over like a long period of time and more to my point i don't think anyone knew outside i think not many people knew outside of california as much maybe i don't know i don't know and like like i'm i don't really know i found out about it a little before from Mm -hmm. other people but like same thing hearsay yep and yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. It's a hard one, and I, I mean, it is. It is, I, the thing I would think too is, yeah, like if he has kids, if he has a family, it's just, well, I, the guy fucking, you know, if we try to kill himself, I don't know, you know, dude. I, again, I just think that this guy should have thought twice before he did what he did, just like Long should have. Yeah. You know, do but you, do you, do you really you, want to do this? Do you really want to do that? I mean, for your little 15 minutes of fame to be the guy that exposed Mike Long. Do you really? Do, it, it, that's what you want to be known for? You want to be that yeah. guy? That's that's just really weird to me. I, I, I would never, ever, ever, ever go out of my way to try and call somebody out to that degree i may mention something in passing mm-hmm. i may say something like yeah you know i mean i don't know that 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 picture looks a little photoshopped or whatever but you know to to, to that to write a nine page thing and post all those videos and over the course of like you said a year two years whatever it is mm-hmm. he's following this guy around sneaking in the bushes shoot i mean you know what there's, you know, there's a term for that. It's called a, it's called like 
a private investigator or an FBI or and policeman I think that, or whatever. That too, that the, the the scene in San Diego guys take it a little differently. They do <clears throat> with the with the big baits. Like again, I don't know. That's the hard thing. So I don't, I don't know. I just read I read the same thing you did and kind of just you know, wow, that's about oh, it. <laughs> absolutely, but I, you yeah. know, but okay. So let me ask you something. I know it's your show and it's not yeah. customary, but let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. Do you think that he needed to go into that much detail and and go into that much depth about nailing this guy to the wall the way he Only did? Only if he accused people and if he threatened people. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. It could be there. Like if someone threatened my family or something and there's nothing that I could get around to do it. Absolutely. If someone threatened my life. Now I'm a different guy. I might just go fuck and I'll stab you or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, well, and if someone threatened me, it'd be different. But what, yeah, but Nick, wouldn't you handle that personally? As, as instead of like a, trying to like make this big brouhaha on the internet, it, the guy is a writer, so I get what he he kind of like. And I guess I, there's a huge backstory. That's the problem. Is I want to hear his. Yeah. I I mean I reached out True. to him. I reached out to him to come on, but he I, he did Bass Talk Live. There's another pod, it's a big podcast called Bass Talk Live. He did that one, but I didn't really hear much on it. Long or the SD Fish guy? SD Fish guy. Okay. Yeah. I think that's the only thing he really did. But uh, Well, that's just my opinion on that. No, I just I just I, I, think I mean, that he took it too could, far. Yeah. You know, and I think I think it says a lot about him as a journalist and as a person that you would go after somebody that hard with that much vigor, with that much like Air, like, like, what did this guy? Did this guy like fuck your wife? Or like, what did he do? Like, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, exactly. I, there know, might be it, something it, really underlined we didn't see, or yeah, these guys see. And I've heard some crazy shit from some dudes. Yeah, I mean, wow. just you know, like over talking. I'm like, wow, that's kind of fucking crazy, you know. And I don't know. That's a hard one though. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, I would think. I hope this guy's all right. I mean, I hope he's not trying to kill himself. I do too, But Nick, then some you people, know. you know, might go, well, fuck, this guy's been screwed me over or didn't whatever. I don't know. And it's a hard one to see. I mean, I'm, it's a hard it's one. It's sad. Yeah. It's sad for everyone. Correct. The bass fishing industry, Correct. everything, you know. I mean, look, at they donated all these rods to kids and he had bait. You know, like, it's, it's fucked. Again, like I said, full disclosure, I don't think what Mike did is right by any stretch of the imagination. It was really messed up. But I also think that that the guy took it too far. Yeah. The guy, he he I mean there was a lot of vitriol there and I think it it got really personal and I just don't think that 
things like that need to be brought out publicly on the internet. I think that those kind of kinds of things can really hurt people and really, you know, I mean, look at the whole, like, again, I mean, it it might seem extreme, but you know, the whole me too thing or whatever, like, (laughs) you know, what, you know, all, all the woman has to do now is pipe up and say, Oh, he touched me. (laughs) And then it's this, it's a thing now, you know? And it's like, no, that's scary too. You know, I mean, look, dude, it's, I, I look at it this way. Here's a good example. Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. Horrible. Horrible what happened. Yeah. Despicable. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that I'm going to throw away all my Fat Albert DVDs? Uh, DVDs? <laughs> Does that mean that I'm going to throw away my freaking vinyl of Bill Cosby himself that I've been listening to since I was 15 years old or 12 years Complete old? Complete different He's perspective, too. funny. Yeah, of course. Did you listen to? Do you listen to comedy specials? Yes. Did you listen to Dave Chappelle's? Yes. He said this thing about Michael Jackson. Dude, that was a good. I mean, it's the same. It was excellent. Yeah. That was all of you. That's all you. All the yeah. most of my group of motherfuckers ever. You know. I mean, he. Oh, I was dying. Yeah. I was on the floor. That was really good. Yeah. yeah Chappelle's a genius. But it makes genius. the same same point. Is like correct. You know, like correct. It's true. You know because. Now, you you see what this guy did to Mike Long, mm-hmm. and again, to a much lesser degree. Yeah, I've had it done to, to me mm-hmm. because I have a high profile job in a high profile industry. You know, people dig, and people find stupid little bullshit. And again, like I said, it's small potatoes compared to what we're talking about and no but it's easy i'm sure for you because it's like you got to watch what you say absolutely you can't just say whatever you want so what do you do so people know what did i tell you the other day i said when we were talking on the phone i said i've done 20 of these for work yeah never done a fishing (laughs) one or you know one where i get to talk about being a waterman which is why i was so excited And I'm still so excited. I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe you gave me this incredible opportunity to come and talk about something that I'm so passionate about, yeah. that I love so much, that's been a part of my life since I was a little kid. Yeah, dude. You know? And I, I just, I love everything about being on the water. I've been a diver, a fisherman, and a surfer my entire life. Yeah. And, and nothing has given me more joy than that. Fishing. Oh, dude. Yeah. It's the greatest thing on in the, the water, world. Yeah. Greatest thing in the world. And, but you have a pretty crazy job, too. Well, you do something pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it, that's been a wild ride as well. You know, did you go to school then back at USC for what you're doing now? Or a little you- bit. Like, I, you know, I mean, I, I did it more for the connections, and they, they had a program there. I forget what it's called now, but it was a short film program where there were a couple of hundred people in the film program at that time, mm-hmm. and everybody submitted a script for a short film. And they picked five. Okay. And mine was one of them. Oh, awesome. So I got to make it, and they showed it at the Academy, the Motion Picture uh, Arts and Sciences. And, you know, there were a lot of agents there and managers and people like that. And that's where I first started getting a little bit of recognition as a filmmaker. Okay. So, again, my approach to my job, what I do is professionally as an artist and a filmmaker, Mm -hmm. exactly the same approach to fishing. Yes. Outside the box. Mm -hmm. How can I grow? Mm Mm-hmm. How can I get better at this? How can I get to the next level? 
who can I meet? Who can I talk to? What book can I read? Who can I talk to that can provide me some inspiration that will point me in another direction or inspire me, inspire me to make something like this? Yeah. (laughs) I made this for the exact same reason I made Batman dead end. Really? Because who was doing it? (laughs) Nobody was doing it at the time. Yeah. I wanted to do something really different, really unique. And, and you know, like I've, I've always believed this might be, might be hard for some people to get their head around, but I've always believed even as a small child that fishing and diving were an art form. Mm -hmm. I looked at it as art. I looked at it as a beautiful, creative thing. Yeah. I think it's one of the most incredible things I think about fishing is it's early in the morning and the sun's just coming up and you, you're pulling up to the West end of Clemente or wherever you happen to be yeah. and you see another boat and there's a guy on the bow making casts and you go, that's Mayhew because <laughs> that's the way Jerry fishes yeah and the way that jerry throws that rod and the way he stands and the way he positions his feet is very unique to him yes just like it is to hobby just like it is to me to anyone that Dude, fishes yeah i remember talking to seas he said the first time he went fishing with matt kobzev he watched him for an hour <laughs> just watched him. yeah yeah you know what i mean yeah and I, my friend Spencer, the guy that runs that, you know, that owns that uh, blackfin that I fish off of. Yeah. The first couple of years I knew him, this guy knew nothing about calico fishing with artificials. He, he, like I, he told me, like I'd see, he said, all I would do is watch you. Like, why are you getting bitten? I'm not, we're throwing the same bait. And then he said, then I watched the cadence of how you'd stop it or you'd you'd go faster. It's the same thing with iron. I I, I literally literally just had this conversation a few weekends ago. We're on the boat. I'm I'm up in the tower. I'm seeing yellowtail. Okay, so I come down, grab my iron rod, couple of casts, I get one on. Mm -hmm. Okay, my buddy is, he's like, God, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting bit. I'm not like, why we're throwing the same jig. I love those steel bait. The guy makes phenomenal that stuff swims insane yeah so um he's got the same we're both I, I think i was maybe throwing a solid mint he was throwing a mint and white doesn't matter but he you know he, he he couldn't get a bite and i put my rod down and i said to him i said you're throwing why you're not getting he and he kept telling me you know, it's just, this bait just keeps coming out of the water it's like it, it won't swim right it's coming out it's coming out of the water because he's burning it you know and I said, dude, you're fishing, in essence, a lure that was designed to be fished on a four or five to one mm-hmm. gear ratio reel. And you got like a Lexa You're fishing it on an eight to one yeah. Lexa and you're burning it. <laughs> I don't care what jig it is. It's yeah. going to come up and it's not going to swim. Yeah. And just seeing the look on his face about like, Oh shit. Yeah. And then he picked up my rod. He made a couple casts and I'm like, just slow the retrieve down a little bit. Womp, womp, womp. Gets bit. Yeah. 25 pound yellowtail. So it's, I love that. You know, I, I, I love the creative 
aspect of it. And like I said, I've always looked at it as art. And what I explained to you about watching, you know, somebody that's done it a long time, somebody like a Mayhew mm-hmm. or Javi or, um, you know, just, just watching Beerling fish, watching my dad fish. Yeah. My grandfather, like <laughs> they had a way of doing it that was unique to them. Yes. Diving, same thing. It, if it was just a silhouette and I saw a silhouette of my friend Richie or someone else that I dive with or J and I've been told the same thing. Like, dude, like just watching you in the water. Like, I know that's you. Like nobody moves like that. Yeah. You know? And again, it's not good, bad, or it's just, it's, and it's not patting yourself on the back. It's just saying everyone does it different. And it's cool when like my art, people in in my field, my, my peers, the people that do what I do Mm -hmm. can look at my artwork from across the room, good, bad, or indifferent, (laughs) good, bad, or indifferent. They can look at it and go, that's a Sandman. (laughs) <laughs> sandy sculpted that that that's yeah. his you know he's got that body language of the way you know makes the thing look and it's it's uniquely him yeah it doesn't mean i'm better or worse than anybody it doesn't it's mean signature. it's good. correct yes absolutely okay. and i think you see that here too i think certain people that well actually we all we we all have our own signature mm-hmm. we all have our own footprint yeah you know and i think uh you know again from listening to all all your podcasts when C's said, how did he put it? So, sometimes people need to take the cotton out of their ears and put it in their mouth. <laughs> just just yeah. listen and yeah. watch and you'd be surprised at what you can pick up. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's amazing. You know, and I mean, look how many gifts we've all been given. I mean, we live in a beautiful place that the Pacific is such an incredible fishery. Look at all this tuna stuff that's mm-hmm. going on the past four or five years it's been it's been insane <laughs> it's been a great time to be a saltwater angler in california yeah, or a I diver agree. yeah i mean dude I, I i've caught those cows and i've shot them wow it's insane yeah dude. it's like it's you know putting a shaft into a 200 plus pound fish and fighting that fish on his ground it's crazy you know like, oh dude it's it's it, it it's 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 the greatest time to be alive and be a waterman in california yeah yeah epic times would you agree yeah i agree i love it and i'm barely putting my feet into the water right now you know like the last like Mm -hmm. getting into it deep in the last couple years you know so i love it man you know i just started as a kid and all of that is carried through to what i do now you Mm -hmm. know and it it my approach has always been the same it's always been creative. Yeah. How how can I do this differently? How can I, you know, and, you know, it's like the diving thing. You know, um, I don't always take a spear gun. Mm-hmm. Sometimes so, you just go out to. I mean, it's like, it's, um, it's observation. You know, the best sticks in the world. Like, I, and I'm, I'm, again, let's, I'm talking big picture here, mm-hmm. not just calico bass. I'm talking about whether you fish for marlin or, you know, you, you know, or in Australia, mm-hmm. or, you know, you're fishing for, you know, you know, giant trevallis, big GTs, like off the rocks and, you know, Oman or all these other, you know, exotic places and stuff like that. Um, I think if you don't dive, you're only getting half the picture. Really? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Your own, I mean, think about it. When you hunt on land, because I, I bow hunt as well. Okay. So um, when you hunt on land, you see everything. You, you see the terrain. You see the real estate. Mm-hmm. You see the little uh, path or that little cut or that draw where those deer are going to come through. Okay. You can put all that together. How do you do that on the water? Fish we binder. cheat. We yeah, we use electronics. Yeah. Think about how cool it is to go down there, see it, and then you mark it. You kind of go, okay, I know this. You landmark. mark it up here, and then you know, okay, you I'm mark work it in, that little in your you know, mind. Cut. That's why I, dude, I absolutely love, I love, love, love fishing and diving in Baja because. Those guys don't have GPS. They don't have what we have. They don't have all this stuff. They triangulate things with landmarks. They they know it's so, so many feet deep there because they dive. Mm-hmm. You know, they know there's a reef there because somebody dove it or somebody, you know, maybe somebody, them, yeah. yeah, somebody may have found it with a fish finder and, excuse me, threw an old, you know, buoy on it or something like that. And you know, over time, maybe the, you know, the rope is deteriorated and that buoy's gone, but they know where that little piece of rope is or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's amazing. You know, I, I love going and throwing this stuff for big, big leopard grouper and big pargos and stuff. And I, and again, I've been doing that again since the eighties. Um, I trailered my whaler to mag Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, I trailered my whaler all the way down to Cabo. Shit. Dude, I've caught everything on that boat from roosterfish to marlin to wow. the amount of lobster and the amount of fish that came over the rail of that little boat. <laughs> what size was it? It was a 17-foot outrage. I had it for 11 years. Wow. Why'd you get rid of it? I destroyed it. Oh, you did? Whaler sent me a plaque. I have a little plaque on my wall. I think I'm the only person that's ever destroyed that hull. <laughs> like, truly destroyed it. Yeah, yeah, I sank it. Well, not... well. It, it it won't sink. You you flip it over and yeah. but yeah, that was at Santa Cruz Island in Again, I'm horrible with years, but it was it was maybe ten years ago. You like actually that. flipped it? Flipped or? it over. Yeah. It got it got full of water and it flipped and and God, that's another story. Uh oh shit. It's, Santa Cruz diving? No, we were fishing. Oh, we were calico fishing. Wow. We were yeah, it was a good day too. What size Indian did you have on it? It was a 150 uh, Yamaha. No, oh, you, 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 you know what? Wait a minute. No, 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 no. That's I'm. See again, my mind. That was the sport craft. I sunk the sport craft. Okay. The whaler, I just beat up. I, okay. I just had to get rid of it because it was the hull was just destroyed and it was delaminated and it was taken on water and I didn't want to take it on as a project and yeah. do that. But the boat that I sunk was my. That was a 16 foot sport craft that i sunk um what we call a calora cove now because dude i've actually (laughs) dove the thing and pulled lobsters out of the console no way i swear to god (laughs) yeah it's still there and you you know it's like a little secret little dive spot and you know you can pull a few bugs out of the you know the cowling of the motor and all that other stuff but yeah that was uh i've been on a couple of boats that have sank um one the sport craft being mine and then Mm -hmm. i've been on uh I was on a sixty-foot Hatteras uh, in Mexico that sank. That was that was gnarly. That's um, kind of crazy. I mean, a big boat. Yeah. Um, I was Did you work, guys have working um, crew? Oh, you were working. Working. Did crew you guys on have a lifeboat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, every, there was no nobody yeah. injured or whatever. We got everybody off the rig and all that. What but, about that recent uh, boat that went oh, down? The Santa Barbara crazy. thing. Yeah. You know? Uh, do you know Woody? 
Yes, I, I just recently met Woody. Uh, he was I, at my Halloween party, too. Yeah, I met, him at, I met him at In-N-Out Burger on the opener. I was there uh, with JB because we, uh, we like to dive in during the day. Mm-hmm. So we were there. We were, uh, we, were, we were at the island at 6 a.m. We were in the water at 6.15, whatever. We had limit, uh, limits by noon. So we came back to Long. We launched at Alamitos, mm-hmm. Davies. Uh, and you got that In-N-Out right there yeah, on 2nd Street. Yeah. So we're there having a burger and... You know, Woody walks up and he's like, Sandy. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, hey, I'm Woody. I own Mutiny Dive Company and blah, blah, blah. You're going to do Cast and Crank. You know, yeah. sometimes I co-host and whatever. And I'm like, yeah. oh, awesome, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, he, I mean, and now I've been following him and, and uh, he dives too and all that. It's, it's great, funny because he know? got into fishing more. Like he dives, but he got into like, started spotty fishing a little and oh, then started oh, Calico. Awesome. So it's a really cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it goes both ways, right? <laughs> you can, you get the guys that that fish and then you know like you know like hobby i mean like i like like this picture is just like i love this picture like dude, <laughs> dude look at his face dude come on i mean so th- young, that's dude. what fishing is about though <laughs> yeah that's what being a waterman is about yeah. is having good times on the water mm-hmm. and that stoke mm-hmm. that waterman stoke whether it's you know, getting shacked on a freaking double overhead barrel or, you know, shooting a 40 pound yellowtail or, you know, catching a double digit calico. It's, yeah. it's, it, it's all that same stoke, which again is why I thought it was a real bummer when people started taking that whole, you know, calico bass competitive fishing thing a little too seriously. Yeah. Because it, it sort of squelched that a little bit, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it, and it made it, weird and just yeah. uncomfortable you know and it, it made me really sad because i i just I, again if i got out on the water with those people it was to bug dive it was to go <laughs> catch tuna it was go offshore yeah uh it was maybe go catch a few green bass here or there yeah you know it, it wasn't like you weren't calico fishing with those people and if you did and it was the really rare occasion that you did everybody threw a three-quarter ounce jig head with like a green grunion swim, you know, you the know, same five. Thing. Yeah, every, everybody just threw the same shit, you know. And you went to the pipe, or you went to the wall, or you went to the West End of Catalina, yeah. or you fished Ship Rock, or you, you know, you know, nobody's gonna go where all their tournament crap yeah. is. And again, I under see. There's a big difference, Nick, between, um, like. It's cool to not like something mm-hmm. and still understand it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I understand why they did it. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying I didn't like it. Yeah. It's your opinion. It's your opinion. I didn't yeah. like it. I, it was just a vibe yeah. that was not cool. You know? Movies. Same thing. Maybe it's because I'm in the business or maybe it's because did I made the movies. Yeah. Did you like it? Perfect example. I was just going to go there. That movie is impeccably made. Really? It's it's wonderfully done. That is super. I haven't seen it yet, but it's hard to kill to not have a who's the other Joker? Heath Ledger. Amazing, like that. That's one of my favorite Batman movies ever. Like it's so good. Yeah. But I'm, I heard Walking Phoenix is a great job. Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah. But I didn't like the movie. No. No. It's too dark. <laughs> Too much gratuitous violence, and I just don't think 
I think there's enough of that in the world. I just don't think we need any more of it. I. What's it? What's your favorite? Because it's cool to hear from you because you're big in the movie. Uh-huh. What's What's a movie that you're like? This is one of my favorites recently. That's came out recently. Yes, recently. Oh, that's a good question. Wow. Um, like something where you're like, this is amazing. Okay, the last movie I saw in the theater that I thought was absolutely amazing was The Revenant. I agree. That's probably. I mean, film everything like a. I mean, Tom Hardy, you can't fucking go wrong. <laughs> Leo and him. I yeah. mean, phenomenal. Just, Did you see the new uh, Quentin Tarantino movie? I never saw that either. Yeah. yeah Did you the, like it? The, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Again, I mean, I, you know, I'm just such a. I grew up in the seventies and you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a nostalgic person yeah. and I, and, and my childhood was so unbelievably epic that, you know, anything that happened in the seventies or late sixties, I'm, I'm always a huge fan of, but, um, you know, again, I, it, it's not his best film. I, I just don't think he'll ever top Pulp Fiction. Really? I, I yeah, so that's a masterpiece, but, um, you know, again, a little, sort of dark and you know whatever but i mean again you know he's just so talented and he's such such a wonderful filmmaker but so um, you you've worked on decent amount of movies too i probably worked on about 50 or 60 films what are some big ones you've worked on jurassic park men in black man yeah total recall now the original yeah Yeah. Yeah. oh now we're talking yeah (laughs) with arnold yeah Yeah. (laughs) did you make the three titties (laughs) no I know the guy who did very well, did but no, I, I did no, I did not make those. Did you do uh, a lot of the molding then for the the mat? Did you make what did you do in the? Uh, I, you know, designed creatures. You know, did really? sketches and then did um, you know the sculptures for a lot of them. No way. Yeah, on uh, on Men in Black, I worked on the Edgar Cockroach a lot. The That's one at the end. That, yeah, you know. Um, and then uh, I, you know, I worked on uh, the guy in the beginning a little bit that has this the head on the stick. Um, I, uh, you also worked on a lot of low budget movies too. I worked on a couple of the nightmare on Elm street films. No way. Yeah. Um, what's your uh, favorite? What's my favorite film that I've worked on? Mm-hmm. The abyss. Really? First okay. time I worked with Cameron. Uh, first time I actually got to do something aquatic for a movie. You know, I worked on the the NTIs, like the giant, like the Manta Ray guys. Yeah, yeah. So that was fun. Yeah, so I got to do that. Um, I uh, I'm also a big fan of um, Jurassic Park. I mean, I you know, I, I think that that's. Did you he, work on the first one? Yes. Oh, that's yeah, amazing. I think I think that that's Steven's last great movie. Really? Yeah. That was such a good movie. <sighs> Goldblum. <laughs> yeah um i got to do a little post-production for the where where cameron went back under the titanic to look at it oh wow uh for audio yeah yeah yeah. just out editing at a post Mm -hmm. house sure i was this was a long time ago yeah cameron and ridley scott are my two favorite directors um i never got to work for ridley but i worked for cameron here's something interesting um, James Cameron was originally going to do the first Spider-Man movie. Really? Remember the one with Tobey Maguire? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was going to do that. And then there was some 
deal where it got hung up with rights or yeah. whatever. But I actually, he actually hired me personally to do some designs for that Spider-Man costume. No way. And I did some paintings for him. Yeah. Of that, of that costume. Um, which of course never got used because he, you know, he never made the movie. Are you but, a big comic book guy too? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the the thing I'm most known for in in the industry yeah. is the Batman movie that I did. So yeah, you know, that was you know I've always been a big Batman guy and yeah. like grew up on comic books and yeah, Star I used Wars to be a big. My brother in laws and my dad are big comic book guys. I have mm-hmm. I gave all my comic books to my dad, but I get him back when he you know later on when sure. he passes. But sure. my brother in law sold his uh, hit Spider Man one signed by Stanley. This was a long. He's worked in the movie business too. My brother-in-law wow. did a. That's so is it cool. EMA? They did the DVD. Ah, they did the DVD like screen. This is when it first came out. Like the 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 menus. Oh no! He way. did all the menus. My brother. All the interactive. Yeah. Menus. Then he had a post oh, wow. house for a long time, and then uh, now he does. I don't know. He does something else in Hollywood. I don't know. Wow. But my brother-in-law's been working in Hollywood for a long time. Yeah, you know it's. Uh... It's hard, man. I tried it. I tried working in post house. I just it's a it's a tough racket. Dude. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I tough couldn't do racket. It. Yeah, and again, you know, that's something that you know, social media has not made easier. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's. I was fortunate because I think I was smart about it. What I did was I'd work on a movie, and then I'd take a break, and I would go like sculpt a few toys. I'd design a few toys or I'd go work on a comic book. I worked on a lot of theme parks, theme park design for different companies. No way. Yeah. So I've worked in a lot of different aspects of the entertainment industry. Um, a lot of these like collectible statues and stuff that are popular now. Do you do um, any Halo stuff? Never worked in anything mm-hmm. Halo, but I did direct a movie, uh, wrote and direct a movie called Hunter Prey which you can get on Amazon or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's on Amazon Prime. It was on Netflix for a while. But everyone says that uh, a lot of these like armored soldiers that I designed and Look like you the know, Halo put, kind yeah, of it's kind of Halo-ish, like Halo cross with like Boba Fett. Yeah. So that was fun. You know, we <laughs> shot that movie in Baja, you know. Did you fish when you're down there? Once. I, I, I got out <laughs> one day because the schedule was crazy, dude. Um, but I did. And, you know, you know, it was awesome. I went out and I got some grouper and I got some pargo and I cooked them all up for the crew. Oh, they were probably stoked, They loved it. (laughs) And um, I think that uh, pargo, especially uh, what they call um, pargo amarillo, which Mm -hmm. is uh, like the yellow snappers, the real small ones, excellent sashimi. Really? Oh, (laughs) dude, it has an almondy kind of thing. Wow. It's insane you know what grouper's really good raw too really cabrilla leopard grouper yeah. yeah like if you gut it i mean i think this is the key to any sashimi is if you gut the fish and gill it quickly and get it on ice really fast wait eight or ten hours and then like sashimi that up amazing to <laughs> really dude <laughs> I like Benito better than Bluefin. Really? It, it, it is, it, it, it melts in your mouth. But again, like I said. Prepare. It needs to pre- come over the rail. Yeah. You need to gut it, gill it, bleed it, and have that thing on the bottom of the cooler, packed in ice within like five minutes or you're done. Yeah. 
it's not going to taste right. Yeah. But when it's firm, when you can get it firm like that and let it, let it again, let it, let it sit on that ice. Like in other words, my my favorite on the boat is when we get a decent sized bonito, like a ten pounder better bonito early, mm-hmm. and I can clean it up and get it in the fish bag. By the time we're coming home, you start cutting it up. Oh <laughs> man! And everybody breaks out the ponzu and I, dude, I think I think one night uh, we were on the we were on the uh, the backside of Clemente. And we were fishing some yellows. There was a big yellowtail boil going on. And I think we had we had a couple fish hanging. And I think we lost one to a seal. And I think we got two yellows. And I wound up, it was on my light jig stick. And it was, I, th- I thought it could have been a small tuna. Mm-hmm. I mean, a bonito is a tuna, but I, I thought it was a bluefin. Mm-hmm. But it wound up being like a 25-pound bonita. Oh, big. shit. Yeah, it was giant. <laughs> And, uh, dude, I remember on the way home, we probably ate one side of that entire fish. Fuck. It was so good, dude. <laughs> Perfectly prepped. On oh, that. you know, and, and, you know, I have the fresh wasabi and yeah. the, all the stuff on the boat. So yeah. when I cut it, we have the dishes and I, I make it up for everybody and they really love it. And yeah. that's one of my favorite things to do is to, is to, uh, is to make sashimi for everybody on the boat, you know, like especially this time of year when you're getting bluefin yeah. and you're getting yeah. big bonita, you're getting yellowtail, you're getting all the stuff that tastes great raw. Do you, you only know? do uh, bugs uh, like offshore, like at Catalina, or do you M short too? Oh no, dude, I I'm I I have such a special warm place in my heart for 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 the coast. Okay. Um, those MLPAs, I mean, God, it just killed Laguna. Laguna it's yeah. so sad. Um, Would have been nice, huh? <laughs> it's, it's it's hard for me to talk about because I, I did it in the eighties, dude. I used to catch frogs, <laughs> frogs <laughs> off the rocks at Main Beach mm-hmm. and at uh, you know tabletops or at you know i mean we, you know we've got names for spots that you know people don't know i mean it doesn't matter now it's all closed yeah but, i mean i'd uh i have a buddy uh a really 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 good friend who lives in um emerald bay closed now but that back in the sucks, day dude, dude i could walk along those rocks on the north side of emerald bay and in one session of fishing for maybe two hours i'd catch halibut sand bass Calicos, white sea bass, everything right off the rocks. So amazing. Dude, and then, you know, and it's, you know, this time of year, I'd go out there with a couple of rods, duffel bag with my dive gear, and I'd fish. And then when it got dark, I'd suit up, go in, grab a limit of bugs, and I'd go home with a halibut, a couple of calicos, yeah. a limit of bugs. Yeah. You know, and it was just like there's food for the week. Yeah. You know, and uh yeah, so I um I love Long Beach Harbor. Do you uh fish Crystal Cove? I do. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, that's so sad about uh that Ryan Huff. <sighs> Did you know him or no? I knew of him, met him, met him once. Okay. Uh we 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 were not uh close friends. I mean, but again, I mean we I think as waterman, we all we all feel it. You know what I mean. That's why you know the, use the terminology we like mm-hmm. we lost somebody. 
Um, and it just seems like it happens on every opener. Really? Yeah, like on every lobster opener, yeah. someone someone dies. Yeah. Um, you know what? I've seen that change too, dude. You know, I mean, hoop netting is so huge now, and it's made such, a, especially in Long Beach. God, everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Uh, <laughs> dude, I remember the first time I fished Long Beach Harbor was in the early 90s with Mike Gardner. Mm-hmm. He took me back into the Southeast Basin back there. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're fishing and we're catching all these spotties and sandies. We're catching halibut back there, all kinds of stuff, croaker. I mean, just epic fishing back there, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, not only did I, you know, enjoy, like, again, talking about that creative thing about bringing the crankbait kit out there and, you know, changing it up and, 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 and all that, but I would... I, I, I would look at some of this riprap and some of these pilings and stuff and be like, I'm coming here at night and getting in the water. <laughs> and I think the biggest limit of bugs I ever pulled out of the Southeast Basin there, but this is pre 9-11, mm-hmm. when no one gave a shit. Yeah. Like you, like you could do whatever you want. There. Yeah. No, one, yeah, no one ever bothered your port police or the coast. Nobody. The biggest limit of bugs I ever got out of there, I want to say that it was 50 pounds. Fuck me, dude. Huge. Yeah, they were all like <laughs> eight pounds. Like, or, yeah. you know, or I had a couple of tens and some sevens. and So big. Just, I mean, I'm not going to eat those bugs, but they're fun to take pictures and then just toss them yeah. back. Um, dude, I've actually had nights there. This again, back in the day, this is the old sport craft days before I sunk it at, at, uh, at cruise. Um, <laughs> were you fun. with another boat when you did that? No, we were alone. I'll, I'll tell you that story in a minute. Right. So what I would do is I would, I would dive for a little bit when it got dark, like way back in there, like by the Maersk terminal and in the Southeast basin over by terminal Island and all that. And I'd get a couple of double digit bugs and then, and, and just take photos and just like with this giant freaking lobster, yeah. you know, and then I'd go grab like a bag full of these, you know, just like, you know, two. I mean, yeah. cause to me, that's like the best eating lobster, you know, it's like a two pounder, two mm-hmm. and a half pounds, whatever. And I, and, and again, I mean, I don't know if this is true or not. I get, I, I guess it's just the way that I see it in my head. Um, you know the bugs are cleaner on the outside of the break wall. I feel the same. Right, like I wouldn't keep bugs on the inside. Like I'll eat those. Yeah, inside. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of. But I don't know. Jason Sagan eats them, and Balta eats them, and those guys. A lot I mean, of dudes do. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's fine. I, I it's just I I would just prefer to get them on the outside. Yeah. Or, or 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 you know back in the day it was Laguna, but it's mostly closed now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I love, I love, love, love diving the walls because they have some, uh, caves in there. That's what rooms I heard, that, man. Dude, it's this big. No way. Oh, uh, dude, dude, without question. Now you, you got to have a set of lungs to get yeah. in there and there's a way to do it. And, you know, but yeah, some, some of the bigger bugs on those walls are, are inside the wall. So you have to swim into a hole. That has a hole in the 
back of that hole that you kind of got to maybe get your weight belt off to shimmy through and you leave your weight belt there and, and then you go into another hole and okay the big bug is in there now i've got this nine pound lobster under my arm like a football and I've got to, I've got to find my hole, grab the weight belt, put the line under my chin, and be like, okay, where's the hole? There it is. And I'll kind of like go over to the hole. And, oh yeah, yeah. All How long? Of, one breath hold. How one long? breath of air. How long? What's your longest? Okay, this is a question I get asked a lot, and the easiest way to answer it is, um, there's there's two types of of breath hold. Mm-hmm. There's what they call static. Which is if I'm laying in a pool, and yeah, I, it doesn't count. Yeah, and I just put, I just put <laughs> exactly. If I just put my head down like that, I can hold my breath for three minutes plus. Yeah. Okay. On a dive, when you're expending energy, it's a little bit different. So you know, my average dive when I'm hunting yellowtail or white sea bass or whatever, it's like a minute, minute and a half. Okay. You great. know, which is great. Yeah, and then you know your surface interval is you know maybe twice that, and then you'll you'll punch down again. But again. Like when I dive in Hawaii or I dive in the BVIs or mm-hmm. I dive in Florida mm-hmm. where it's warmer and the water is way more clear, I can dive deeper and I can hold my breath longer because wow. it's a mental thing. It's a comfort thing. It's like, okay, I can see the bottom. The water's warm. I'm super relaxed. My joints are all, I'm super comfortable. And before you know it, you're at 85 feet and you're just like, oh, School <laughs> because yeah, you're yeah, relaxed. Yeah, you're hanging out, waiting for new, you know, waiting for that school of Alua to come out yeah. or, or whatever. And uh, you know, I pulled some pretty big bugs in Florida and Australia and stuff like that. You know, just because you know it's so, you know, especially like Queensland, like you know, it's like tropical Australia. Like the water's so clear. It's just yeah. you know. And then if I've dove in Sicily and Greece and wow, yeah, you know, this two, 300 foot viz. I mean, there's not a lot of fish there, but, yeah. um, beautiful diving, you know? Um, but you know, again, like I said, I think, I think being a diver has helped me in so many areas of, the other aspects of being a waterman, like the mm-hmm. fishing and the surfing. And it just, you know, I mean, shit, the, you know, the, the the day that I sunk the boat, I had to swim, you know, like a good half a mile in 55 degree water <laughs> with no wetsuit. By yourself? By myself oh my to God. a sailboat that was anchored kind of a little bit offshore, like outside this cove that mm-hmm. we sunk in. And the guy was like in the sailboat with his wife and he's like looking down in the water and he's I'm like banging on the hull, <laughs> you know, and he comes out and he's like, what? I'm like, uh, I sunk my boat. Like, can you, I, I need help, to me? help, you know? So he's like, all right, wait here, wait here, dude, bring me in the boat. I'm freaking, I'm purple. Yeah. You know, and he, he wouldn't do it. He like finally like, and I can hear him in the cabin, like arguing with his wife and it was, it would, it would do bizarre. It, he finally comes back out and, and he's like, okay. And he, he had this little tiny, like it was a sailboat, this little tiny, like little aluminum ladder. And he kind of put it in the water. And dude, I, I, I'm not kidding, Nick. I was purple. I, it, the water Shit. was so cold. And I'm in a t shirt and shorts, yeah. you know. So uh, I, I get on the boat and, you know, I'm freezing. And, and, he, and he got on the radio and he called the Coast Guard. And, I'm sitting there in the stern and his wife is staring at me and he's staring at me. And I'm like, 
do you have a towel or a blanket or something? And and the guy like looked at me like, <sighs> you know, I'm looking at this guy going, is he for real? He, he, so he goes and he, he and he gives me a towel, and I took off my shirt because it was wet, and I wrapped the towel around me, and I'm like, oh, okay. So the first thing I do is dry off, right? And I'm freezing, and I said, well, you know, do you have a blanket or like maybe a pair of like a sweatpants or something? Mm-hmm. Like I'm really cold. And he's like, no. And I'm like, I said this to him. I'm like, and his wife is just sitting there like this. And I'm like, dude, you're anchored here. You're spending the weekend or the night or whatever. You don't have clothes. You don't have a pair of sweatpants you can give me? Yeah. A beanie, something? Yeah. I'm, I'm purple. Yeah. And he didn't, no. He's like, the Coast Guard will be here. Hour and a half later, the freaking Coast Guard shows up. Get this. Cutter shows up. They put the rib in the water. The rib's coming over to the sailboat. The rib comes over to the sailboat. It's time for me to go, right? And I'm, I'm freezing my nuts off. And I'm getting off the boat. Guy asks for his towel back. What a fucking dick. <laughs> I would have threw it in the water. He wanted his <laughs> towel back. Oh, man. Oh, my God. That was just like... <laughs> It's like never gonna do this again. Yeah, like that, what a that, trip, man! I'll tell you, sinking a boat is no fun, dude. Because I remember that ride back to Ventura Harbor on the Coast Guard boat, and then when you get to the parking lot, there's your truck, and you're driving home with an empty trailer. Yeah. Did how old was the boat? Older boat or no? No, I bought it new. I mean, but yeah, it was about maybe four or five years old. But but what had happened was the bilge pump failed. Okay. So it was falling swell. And my buddy Kurt was in the back of the boat. And we weren't. I mean, what do Kurt was with you on? Yeah, he was. He came up on the thing with you. Yeah. So let me tell you what happened. We were, we were, you know, we're fishing calico. So we're close when the boiler rocks were like right. We're just west of a cove. Okay. So we're coming up on this cove and we're fishing and and he's telling me, hey, dude, there's some water back here. And he didn't fish with me a lot. He was just a, a roommate I had on the beach who who enjoyed fishing, but he wasn't what I'd mm-hmm. call a fisherman. And he's like, hey, you know, there's some water back here. And I'm like, nah, man, it's 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 normal. Don't, you know, dudes, don't worry about it. it you know, it's self-draining deck, you know. And maybe 15 or 20 minutes goes by. And, dude, we're just roping them. Like, the bite's good. Like, it's, <laughs> we're catching chunks, like yeah. five, six pounders. Like, just super fun. And uh, he goes, uh, he's like, dude, yeah, you know, this is, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm working a fish. I'm like, don't worry about the water, dude. We're, you know, just keep throwing, you know, and we're, we're catching these fish. And then he starts to bark, like, the third time. And... He might have got, he might have gotten the first two words out like hey dude and all of a sudden I noticed that like the trolling motor was like coming out of the water and you get like that <sighs> flap, 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 flap. and I'm like why the hell is the bow sitting like this and I turn around and I look and he's got water up to his mid shins you're like fuck fuck <laughs> <laughs> Start the engine right away, and it's half underwater, and it's all glub, 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 glub. So I just, I hammer it, and the boat's full of water. The bilge isn't working. There's no time to pump it out. There's no time to another. I got to get it to the rocks so I can get him off. So I, I, I literally drive the boat 
up onto the cobblestones in uh this happened in smuggler's cove and so we're on the cobblestones and the waves are coming in there it's like (laughs) and i'm just you know i knew the boat was was gonna get trashed Mm -hmm. so i just start throwing tackle and jackets and you know, and I'm like, get off the boat. You got to get off the boat. And he's like, I'm going to get in the water. It's cold. I'm just get off the boat. Like, just get. And I'm throwing him rods and mm-hmm. I'm throwing like whatever I could. And then the boat kind of got caught by the swell and got dragged off a little bit. And I'd say, I, I tried to find the picture. I couldn't fucking find <laughs> it. I, I want to say I was maybe 100 yards, 75 yards off the bank. Mm-hmm. And it flipped over. And, and I, he jumped off already. He was no, 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 no. Yeah, Kurt was on the shore, mm-hmm. and he's going through all the bags and stuff that I was able to salvage. Mm-hmm. And um, the boat flips over, and I go over with the boat, and I climbed up onto the hull, the overturned hull, because it's foam-filled boat, so mm-hmm. it's not going to sink, but it flipped over. Yeah. And I noticed that he... We had one of those Kodak disposable yeah. yellow cameras, and he's taking pictures. And I have a picture of me holding <laughs> my arms out, standing on this over, on the overturned hull. Oh shit! And after like sort of the comedy of it subsided, like the survival thing kicks in, right? And you're like, okay, it's it's freaking January, you know? Like yeah. it's it's there's nobody here. You know, I could see the sailboat kind of off in the distance. It's getting dark, you know. So what do I do? I I I get back in the water and I'm 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 underneath the hull opening up compartments trying to find water and power bars mm-hmm. and whatever I could stuff in my shorts, you know. Yeah. So finally, um the boat drifts a little bit more to the west. So now the swell was real windy. And the swell is just pounding and pounding and pounding it on the rocks. So I, I swim to the island, um, which, you know, just short little swim. Yeah. You know, and I'm soaked. And, I mean, he his legs were wet, but he was pretty dry. And we had jackets and stuff. So he was warm. But, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. When I, when I swam to that sailboat, I told him, I said, hey, Kurt, here's some water. And I think we had some candy bars or whatever they were. And I said, here's some food. If something happens to me, you know, at least you got food and water until maybe somebody will see you. He freaked the fuck out. He's like, what do you mean if something (laughs) happens to you? You're not going anywhere. We're staying right here. And I was like, dude, I'm soaking wet. I I don't, we don't have a towel. Like I can't do anything dry. I said, I can, I can swim to that boat. Yeah. And him not being, you know, a surfer or a diver. You know, to him, it was just completely inconceivable that I could swim a half a mile. Yeah. You know, uh, but I did it. And, and then that, that whole thing ensued. And, and, uh, <laughs> did you just have to drive back to the, to get him? And then the, the, the rib that, the, that was dispatched by the cutter picked him up first okay, with the gear. Came, okay. Then it came to the sick. And he, and he told me my buddies on that sailboat over there and they came and picked me up. And then they took us back to the cutter and took us back to Ventura Harbor. What like, year was that? Two thousand. So you had your whaler after that. 
Yeah, that was when I bought the whaler. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I bought the whaler after I sunk the sport craft. <laughs> yeah, and I tell you, um, I got a, I got, I got a lesson in that whole thing about when you when you flip a boat and it doesn't sink, you're responsible for getting that boat off the island. So I had to pay somebody to salvage the boat pump it out, mm-hmm. get it back to Ventura Harbor, and then I had to go pick it up. How much was that? It was two grand. Fuck. And when I went to go get the boat, it was sitting there on an, uh, on another trailer. They had taken it out of the water, and it was just the hull. No motor. No motor, no console, no trolling motor, no cap. It was just a hull. That's all it was. And I said to the guy, I was like, why did you even bring this back here? Like, yeah. what am I going to do with this? Yeah. And he's like, well, it's just, that's the, the rules. You know, we have to, if it's not sunk to the bottom, we have to salvage the boat and yeah. bring it back. So I had to pay them. Like, it was like another $1,500. The whole thing was like super expensive. And the boat was obviously a wash. Mm-hmm. But the funny part of it is, is that, um when i was when i got the whaler one of the first trips i did was to drive drive back up there because i wanted to dive it yeah and did you see your motor i saw everything (laughs) i had a trolling motor like dude i'm I'm pulling bugs out of the console yeah (laughs) cobzev calls it caloric cove yeah yeah no it's funny he's like he's like did you when i told him i go to santa cruz he's like he's all did you go to caloric cove and pull bugs out of your console it's like yeah i pulled i pulled a couple out of the console and then I pulled one or two out of the engine cowling. Because the, the 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 engine was sitting. What size engine was that one? 150? That was a 90. A 90, okay. Yeah. The 150 I had on the on the whaler, on the, the on the Montauk. 17 foot Montauk. Oh, dude, dude, it was a rocket. It was a rocket. <laughs> that was that was the best boat I've ever had. It was dry. It, I, I think for the money, small boat, like anything mm-hmm. under 20 feet. I think your outrage is is the best hull made. I think that's what the Bobby has. I think. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Martinez has that. Dude, boat. that thing is dry. It's dry as yeah, fuck. Yeah, dude. and it jams, dude. It's dry. He has as a one fifty on it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude. And it's dude. It's the perfect size. It was seventeen feet. It was just enough for me and Beerling or Cobby or whoever yeah. I was taking out. And it was just you know that was the best boat I ever had, and I used it so much. And I dude, like I said, I trailered that. I had that boat at. Let's see. All 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 these islands. I had it at all the Channel Islands, including, mm-hmm. including Miguel. I had it at Nick. Uh, I took that boat to the Cortez Bank. Shit. Yeah, dude. I had that thing everywhere. And then we trailered it to Cabo twice. Um, yeah, fished Mag Bay. I saw a guy die at Mag Bay. How? The fuel dock in Mag Bay because the 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 current changes uh the the tide changes down there are so huge mm-hmm. and you know mag bay is 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 a giant you know not only bay like outside mm-hmm. but the bay like the back bay dude talk about inshore fishing <laughs> really nick it's huge spotties uh-huh. halibut cow like dude i i caught i caught fish that i didn't know what they were <laughs> Inside of the bay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, these weird-looking jacks. Like, you know, because it's all mangroves and all all this stuff. And, like, you know, I remember, like, 
Mexican dudes telling me, oh yeah, that's a blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I'd be like, okay, I, I, you know, it's three, four pound fish. You catch them all day long. Yeah. Um, I remember Gardner told me the first time I went, he's all, when you go down there, <laughs> make sure you bring plenty of plastic because you'll go through everything you bring. And I was like, okay. So I brought a fair amount of stuff. I mean, double A's was mm-hmm. still hooking me up and yeah, he was absolutely right. You come home with nothing. Fish just the sp- Oh, dude, you catch, like personally, I'm not talking about the boat, I'm talking about personally as an as one guy you catch a hundred spotties in a few hours fuck in a few hours big spotty no 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 that's the thing they weren't big they were smaller fish Mm -hmm. but um it i mean they would school up like it was just like dude i was jack pulling them (laughs) yeah you're like not even using the freaking spool like just drop down like (laughs) dude and then it's talk about an environment to experiment in, dude. <laughs> oh my God. I, you know, the, the second time we went down there, we brought poppers, we bought all, and, and the jacks are eating these poppers. And um, here's something that nobody will freaking believe. There were areas that were so shallow mm-hmm. that these spotties would sit in these sand flats maybe with a little bit of eelgrass or some cover or whatever that dude, I'm not kidding. Okay. I'm not kidding you. The water was, was like, what, like, what's that? Two and a half feet. Yeah. You know, and we're back there in my little whaler and, um, dude, I caught uh, now again, th- most of the fish were small. The spotties were small, Yeah, but there were, you know, every now and then you'd stick a toad, like, yeah. you, you know, it was like Newport, like, yeah. or anywhere you fish, you know, like, they're, you know, like, you know, spotties aren't by nature huge. Mm-hmm. You know, your average spotty is 10 inches, 12 inches long, yeah. you know. And then anything bigger than that is a nice fish, mm-hmm. right? I caught a spotted bay bass on a tatty 45. Oh, shit, dude. Just seeing what happened, just launching it out. It ate a tatty 45. Oh, because you, I was throwing the, the swim baits out and... They were eating it before it hit the bottom, or then I, I was burning it like across the top of the eelgrass, and you're just watching them go. And uh, you know, I had you know because you bring them down there for yellowtail, you know, tidy forty five is around, and I'm looking at it, and my buddy Kevin's like, "No, dude," and I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, watch this." Tied it on first cast, looped it out there, started, and you know, and, and dude, it's, it, the water's crystal clear and it's it's three feet deep, yeah, and you know, you see the thing kicking. Whoosh! Spotted bay bass on a tidy forty-five. It just goes to show you, like, you like get out of your comfort zone. Yeah, get out new. of what you normally fish, yeah. which is why I get so turned on by like hearing anybody talk about doing something different. Yeah, you know, it's 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 invigorating it's just it's something it's it's like that's what i think fishing should be you know it was like you know seeing this in a tackle store in you know groton connecticut <laughs> you know and just going like yeah calico bass will eat that yeah i'll, yeah. I'll you know i'll get a calico to eat that and sure <laughs> enough i did you know and then you know when i started making my own i'm like okay well let's 
you know, let's give it a little bit. You know, because at the time I couldn't find a bait bigger than this. This was the biggest bait I could find. Um, And then, like I said, you you know, just you know, Cobb Zeff will tell you about this. I mean, it became it, it became more about the the biggest bait you could throw as opposed to what you could find. Mm-hmm. He made a joke one day. He's like, yeah, yeah. he calls me the freak show. He's like, he calls me up. He's all, he's all, what's going on freak show? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, like he, Matt, like, I, you, another thing that I find super endearing about you know, like us mm-hmm. when I, as a group of like fishermen, like everybody's got really cool terms for stuff. You know what I mean? Like Evan with the like quality models, you know? And then like, you know, Cobb's F's like, like we, you know, we'd be fishing somewhere and, 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 you know, he's looking one way and I'm looking another way. And I just hear this giant splash and, and, and I turn around and he put his rod down in his side and he just look at me and go, dude, that was a gunny sack with eyes. That was a gunny sack with eyes, dude. Oh my god! He's like, uh, I thought it was a seal. It was a calico bass. He's like, it was a fucking freak show. You know, so he's like, he calls me up and he's all, it, like, he'll call me and he goes, he's all, what's up, freak show? Uh, and, and I said, uh, uh, and we started talking about uh, that particular conversation. We were talking about big baits, and I, I said something about like, like, yeah, like this bait that I'm carving right now. Like after I epoxy it and everything, it's probably going to be ten or twelve ounces. Yeah. And there's this long pause, and he just goes, "You know, in the tackle shops, in the Rapala displays, they have those. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, are, are, are you gonna throw that on a jig stick? You know? And I was like, you know, because they got hooks on them and everything. Yeah, you know? And I was yeah. just thinking, like, it, you know, again, like, obviously, it's it's a joke, but my brain starts going." You know what? You could you could troll that in New Zealand or Australia or Hawaii and catch mm-hmm. a blue marlin on that or a and black. The, the Japanese uh, swim bait guys they throw uh, uh, I forgot what they call the bait, but it like pulls the fish out just to get fish to pull out. But they'll throw like big two foot bait. From what I heard, someone said it. Freshwater guys, yes, just to get fish to come wow. out because they see something different, dude. You know, so I mean, the, the Japanese make the coolest well, the, shit. The guy that just came here, his name was uh, Bass, uh, Jason Bass Jack, and uh, he paints. That's what he does. Paints mm-hmm. all the lures. Okay, uh, freshwater. He bring a Roman made. You seen those? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, that's like a that's the most expensive five, one yeah. that they make, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. nice, and he repainted it. But how did the guy die? How Mag did Magbay? You said you saw someone die. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, there's, there's so much. You know, I, I, I get sidetracked. Okay, so in in inside the the bay there, the opening to get into the bay, or you know, one of them is is really small, and it bottlenecks there, mm-hmm. and the current just rips, and and the you know the tide swings are so high that the fuel dock is on pilings. Mm-hmm. It doesn't float. It's on pilings, mm-hmm. so it's up high, you know. And they and they, you know, they feed the hose down to you and whatever. And we were in line to get fuel, and I remember, I mean, I it was in gear, like, I mean, it's you moving. know, yeah. I mean, the the current was freaking ripping. Yeah. So you know, you have it in gear, like n- you know, not just right above neutral. I mean, it's in gear just to stay still. Mm-hmm. So we're we're waiting in line. I think there's one boat in front of us, and there was it was a big sport fisher. I think it might have been like a 
it's either a big Hatteras or a Viking or something. And and they were up there, and the guy, the, it was either the owner or the captain or one of the deck ends or somebody, had jumped up, you know, was up on the tower and then just got on the dock. And, you know, because it, it's funny because, like, how, how you pay is they have um, – I don't know if it was a hoop net or maybe one of those nets. You ever see the nets that people use to get like fish I, off on a the pier? pier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they would lower that down to you and you, you'd put your money in there and then they'd pull it up yeah. or whatever. And we would always put like Playboy magazines in there and <laughs> beer for the guy, you know, because there's, yeah. you know, they're all day. There. All, there. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. You know, or, or as, as little C's would say, all day, all day. <laughs> Listen to the, the get 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 the shit kicked out of me by my cousins in fucking Jerusalem. Uh, listen to Latrim cars that go boom. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, I, I just oh, fuck, I, I dude. dude, I listen to your shit so and I, funny, I just dude. die. So anyway, we're, we're sitting there, we're watching, and the guy slips and he falls. Oh shit! And there's like these steel like girders, you know, that go in yeah. between the pilings. And dude, we were close enough to where you could hear the guy, bing, bong, bing, bong, and he hit his head yeah. on on one of them. Done. He hit the water. The current took him, and and everybody's just standing there going, "Dude, the whole thing happened in two seconds. Like it was just Fuck, it's gone. Dude. Like just guy's gone. Yeah, you know. And it just goes to show you, like the ocean give giveth and the ocean <laughs> taketh away. Yeah, you know. Um. So to anybody that's going to trailer their boat down a mag, stay in the boat. Do not get on the fuel dock. I don't know if it's still like that. It's been a while since I've been there. But, um, you know, they don't exactly build things down there to code. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you know what I'm talking about, I'm sure you've been down there. Um, <laughs> so it, yeah, but but Mag Bay is a really, really magical place. And it's... You know, it, it it has a little bit of everything. You know, you can go out there and catch huge yellowtail. You can catch wahoo, marlin, whatever. And then that that inshore fishery is just insane. Yeah. And you know what? It's like that. I believe it's like that on the whole peninsula. Like, really? it's like that in um, San Francisco. It's like that in um, shit in Gonzaga Bay, dude. I remember... Cobbs F telling me they they went through all their plastics so they started throwing crocodiles and he said it's the first time how did, what did he say like he's like he's like crocodile with a single hook dude he's like and then after you were done with your crocodiles you couldn't catch any more spotties because it, it, that like that's how thick they were you know and it's yeah man it's it's like if you can make it down there like I know most guys go down there for the offshore stuff and then there's our group mm -hmm. that'll go down there and fish you know the groupers and and the the cabria and the, yeah. the the pargos on all this stuff and that's a super fun thing um shit i remember the first time we did that i was with dale pearson and we'd always dive down there and 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 i said yeah hey, i mean i'm gonna bring some fishing tackle he's all whatever you bring bring heavy stuff and i'm like no nah, I'm, I'm not i'm not looking to catch marlin i just want to catch a few cabria he's like bring heavy stuff <laughs> and dude i kid you not the first leopard grouper i ever caught on rod and reel was four pounds and what size I, line and we're using i was using it was probably 30 pound braid with a 40 pound leader or 30 <sighs> to 30 and it was on a swim bait uh -huh. i was just bouncing it off the bottom where the 
you know, where the reef met the sand, you know, because again, I dove it. Yeah. But you see where they sit. Yeah. So, okay, you throw it there. And, you know, the first one I hooked, in my mind, I'm thinking, this is going to be the biggest leopard grouper that anyone's ever seen. Mm-hmm. Because again, I mean, I'm diving, I'm shooting them. The biggest one I'd shot at that point was maybe 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking this fish is 30 plus. It was four pounds. <laughs> Just four. so hard. Dude, there is no fish on the planet that, and anyone like Beerling, you know, any anybody, you know, Reynolds, like all these guys that have been, Mayhew, mm-hmm. he's been doing it forever. All these guys that have been down there doing that, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. They will they will come up from those rock piles and eat an iron or a wax wing or whatever. And I mean the fish will be four or five pounds and you think you got a freaking black sea bass on there. It's just Damn. like like the whole rod just doubles over and it's just like <laughs> it's just you can't move it. Yeah. You know, so now it's like eighty pound braid to wire, <laughs> wire twist, right to the lure. And you have to fish your rod at a 45-degree angle. We're, I was just talking to Beerling about this. You, you have to fish your rod at a 45-degree angle because if you're fishing braid to wire, where's the give? Yeah. There's no stretch. Yeah. So if you're if you're fishing the thing to where, like, you know, you can't use the rod, and, and, and yeah, I mean, you know, this is people break rods, you know? So it's <laughs> you kind of have to learn that fishery yeah. a little bit. Yeah. But super fun, you know, going down to Mexico and, and you know, people get haired out because it's like dangerous. You know, they think they're going to get kidnapped by the cartel or whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, that's what my wife said. She won't let you go down there? <laughs> no. I, yeah. went there, I played down there once. I played down in Mexico when I used to play in band. What about a boat? Have you ever, like, taken a boat out of San Diego Harbor and just Not, turned left? And- no, I've gone with Dwayne. We didn't go to Mexican waters mm-hmm. because I we uh, just caught yellowfin. But, okay. uh, I want to go down there and I'd love to fish just off the rocks and shit like that. Like that would be like, that's the kind of fishing I like. Dude, get in your car and go down there and fish like La Bufadora, fish, um, Cantamar, Mm -hmm. fish Salsa Puedes. You can do all that from the shore. Yeah. And, oh, dude. I've even seen old halibut videos, like dudes, like fishing network. Dude, a dude put up a video. It was crazy. They went down there and they drove down there for a trip, mm-hmm. and they're they're just throwing crocodiles from the shore. Yep, halibut, halibut, halibut. It was like, dude, they were just killing and, it. You know, and I'll tell you something, Nick. That all this being said, and especially, I mean, and these are all old. Mm-hmm. You know, now with like, um, you know, your uh, like uh, your Lucky Craft one nineties, your your Strike Pro El Patrons. You know, some of your bigger. Yeah you know, newer baits, you know, you'd think that, okay, I'll take that down there. You know, I do. I, I take all this crap down there, but dude, I, to this day, I, I cannot tell a lie. A tried and true one and a half ounce crocodile. Yeah. It's or one ounce crocodile will catch everything that <laughs> swims down there. Yeah. You will catch it on a crocodile. Just put a single hook on it. So it doesn't get hung oh, up in the rocks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything on there that I've caught on all this stuff, I, I've caught on a crocodile. Yeah. Um, halibut, um, the bass deleted, obviously. Um, you know, you get a little bit further down, you start getting into broom tails and that kind of stuff. And um, there's a guide out of San Quintin, Kelly Catane. Mm-hmm. You ever hear of Kelly? I have. Go off fishing with that guy, yeah. dude. He'll get you on. Uh, yeah. He'll get you on the. That'll be the plan, dude. On soon, the thing. Though. There was something else I wanted to show you. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, now this is a little bit of swim bait history for you. Okay. 
You got all these guys talking all this shit, claiming all this. Okay. This is a lure. Um, it's called the Vivif Minnow. Mm-hmm. It's made in France. It was imported into this country in the 50s. Okay. And it was predominantly a, 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 a freshwater lure, again, that people would use for pike or brook trout or whatever in um, France or England or like, you know, all over Europe or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Now, eventually, this lure was came to the States and a company called Weber. Now, again, a lot of the, the older guys like Beerling, like a Jack Soul, mm-hmm. you know, Rich Marcel, Persini, all these guys that were around fishing, um, especially like the cattle boats, like in the 60s and the 70s. This is called a hoochie toad. Okay. It's made by a company called Weber. And as you can see, it's just a, a direct rip off of this yeah um this was made in the late 50s okay okay to again to my knowledge and i've done a lot of research on this this is the first swim bait that was ever made so it came with the lead in it and the hook now the funky thing about it is it's got the hooks on the bottom that face down yeah so setting the hook uh, the traditional way doesn't work you kind of have to because i fished these they're real into it then yeah you just got to reel into the fish dude i fished these (laughs) <laughs> it, it, dude it'll blow your mind the scary it's and, scary because you don't want to lose that thing dude, yeah well yeah well and, and dive and, for it huh? yeah right and uh <laughs> well i've lost more on fish yeah um i hooked a yellowtail like over 30 pounds on this Can thing you still Clemente. find those you gotta look on ebay yeah. and um you know like garage sales and yeah. stuff like this um my buddy tommy meshek uh gave me this one and Tommy comes from a very prominent fishing family in Southern California, old school. Um, the boat was called um, Step Aside. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want me to blow your mind? He's a little older than me. He might be 52 or 53. I don't know how. He's, that or he's my age. Yeah. When he was, su- he grew up out here. And when he was super young, his his dad, his dad's name's Joe, and it, it, the subsequent boat that they had after Step Aside was called Lucky Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, he grew up or in and around Dana Point Harbor after it was first built. His dad, they were one of the first boats in there. And in the in the early to mid seventies, Tommy would take the tender, the little you know, the little inflatable, yeah, around you know pyramid in Clemente where they would anchor up or at Catalina and he would throw these things and catch calico bass on them. He'd use scampies and stuff like that. So dude, this kid at seven or eight years old was boiler rock fishing in 1975 (laughs) Yeah, with a pen squitter and a, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's interesting. You know yeah, what I mean? Because like you, you, the, the, you find, you always find one more person that's done it a little earlier, a little or, bit earlier, maybe yeah. a little bit different of a technique. And then, um, again, if you do a little homework and you go online, a guy by the name of Marvin Bendelin mm-hmm. started a company called worm King. And the first swim baits that he ever made looked exactly like this, except they were cut a little bit to use on a lead head. Yeah. So, these, the, the the first swim baits ever made were made by a company called Worm King. Yeah. And they made a stout 
swim bait that looked like this that had a little belly in it, just mm-hmm. like, you know, like a conventional swim bait. But they also made a long, skinny bait that had a bigger tail mm-hmm. that looked like a Seas Candy or a Viejo bait. Yeah. Okay. Now, to my knowledge, that was the first swim bait that was ever made that was longer and skinnier. Me and a buddy named Mark Wilkes, who um, he, he lives in Connecticut now, is a big saltwater striper guy. But for 10 or 12 years, 15 years maybe, he lived out here and he was my fishing partner for a long time. Him and I would fish those worm kings and we liked them because they were they were long and slender and it looked more like an anchovy or a sardine yeah. than, than this thing did. Because yeah. to me, this this looks like more like a perch, you know, like a blacksmith perch type thing or a you know whatever it just it it doesn't have the profile of an anchovy mm-hmm. but then in the i i want to say it was the 80s if it wasn't the 80s it was definitely the early 90s greg persini mm-hmm. made his own bait and it was called mondo it's called the mondo swim bait have you ever mm-hmm. heard of it i have yeah okay now the mondo bait was long and skinny it was shaped as very cylindrical okay but he made them nine inches long wow change the game (laughs) dude change the game are you kidding me and when when he sold them if you could get them i i want to say you had to get them directly from him okay or at least that's how i got mine uh i know beerling was fishing them for quite some time they only came in clear because Greg Parasini was the only guy. Now, I, I I couldn't even imagine what it cost him. Yeah. But he was having them made um, like factory style. Like they, uh, uh, they were injection molded. Okay. Okay. It wasn't a hand pour. Yeah. It wasn't a silicone mold with an open end that yeah. you... You know, you heat up the plastic. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You heat round. up the plastic and you pour it. Yeah. He was having them made. It had a seam on it, just like this. Uh-huh. It was made exactly like this. This is an injection molded bait. Yeah. So Prasini did the same thing, but they were long and skinny, okay? And he made them in, I want to say it was either a six and a seven inch and a nine inch, and they were clear. Mm-hmm. So you had to color them with markers, right? And... The first time I saw those baits, Beerling showed it to me. And he goes, look, you know, keep this kind of on the down low. But these baits catch a lot of big fish because they look like smelt. They, you know, they look, they're long and slender. So when Beerling started winning a lot of tournaments and was getting all these sponsorships, Corey Sandin Mm -hmm. at MC designed a bait with John. And it's called the Viejo series. And yeah. it was based on that original Greg Persini bait. Okay. So now you're you're not even once or twice removed. You're three times removed now. Because mm-hmm. Worm King did it first. And then Persini. And then, then Viejo. Okay. So now you got C's Candy. Now, my personal opinion, again, this is where it goes from... We're going to switch from fact. Yeah. What I just told you is a fact. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to go to opinion. Okay. I think Stembridge does it the best mm-hmm. because that Stembridge tail is a thumper, dude. That thing, the, the Seas Candy gets bit. Yeah. You know, that's a fantastic yeah. bait. Um, so, 
again, it just shows you the evolution of like how these things came in into existence and why, you know, I'm always rolling my eyes when people claim shit because it's like, really? It's the same thing with the weedless. <laughs> I heard many different stories of what weed. what okay give me give me well, the give only me your person weed. i heard from is, is uh no from well if you go back from what i heard from eb was 316 had the first one oh that's what he thought fresh water yes that's what he thought and mm-hmm. then the from the 316 it was kind of between pearl and mc with a slug the weedless are the weedless bait. Okay, but did you know that EB was fishing a slug before that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, like a weedless bait. Correct. Yes. So this is what I've heard. Mm-hmm. And it made sense. I mean, he's yeah. been doing it 316. He's been doing it for fresh okay. water for a minute. I don't know who did it before. The same time with the weedless kind of deal before that. I have no Okay, clue. so this is what I used to do uh-huh. in the 80s. I would take, when I was in it, when I was in heavy kelp or heavy cover, mm-hmm. I would take that worm king. The long skinny one. Yeah. It was probably about six inches long. I would take that bait and I would take a razor blade and I would slice the belly mm-hmm. and I would get the biggest Texas rig freshwater worm hook that I could find. And I started <laughs> fishing it with just the bare hook and it wasn't heavy enough. Not only could I not cast it far, but it would swim funky because the, there wasn't weight pulling it you know like they didn't have owner beast hooks in the 80s so you know it would it would it would roll on its side now i was still catching fish Mm -hmm. but i thought i could catch more so what i did was i took um these to call them pinch weights um uh uh, what what do you call the little round and like the split shot yeah okay i took split shots and i would put them on the the hook oh on the weight on the hook itself yes and i take a little jeweler's hammer and i'd hammer the like into a little shape yeah you know i mean it was still real rough looking i mean it didn't look anything but like it weighted the it weighted the hook yeah. and it righted the bait so yeah. it would swim correctly so now whenever i was in a situation where there was kelp or a lot of rocks i would fish that wow right yeah this is in the late 80s like yeah. 86 87 yeah. 88 so you know when you know, Corey comes out with his weedless. Yeah, it 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 revolutionized. And then you got Brian Sander made baits mm-hmm. and Poncho. And um, my favorite one still to this day is the Island Swim uh, Island Plastics. Maybe uh, Robert Lagrimis. We talked about it on the previous podcast. Yeah, uh, that's one hell of a bait. I wish he'd make a bigger one. Um, but anyway, it's got a diamond tail on it. I mean, everybody's got their variation yeah. of it. But what I'm saying is, is that. Just because you might have been the first person to make it commercially available to people, mm-hmm. you, you you can't think that you're the first guy that did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I've caught calico bass on poppers. I've caught them on buzz baits. <laughs> wow. Buzz baits. Yeah. yeah. Anything weedless I could throw in the kelp. Yeah. You know, again, like, Javi tells me he's catching them on a spinnerbait in the kelp. Wow, that's kind of genius because it's kind of weedless. You can kind of roll it over the kelp leaves mm-hmm. or whatever. So what am I thinking? Okay, maybe they'll eat a buzz bait. <laughs> you know, and now I'm catching them on buzz baits. Yeah. So now again, it's don't get me wrong. When I'm throwing a, a surface lure, a popper, a buzz bait, a stick bait, what have you, 
I'm not out fishing anybody on that boat. I mean, I'm you know you're you, if you're you just get, trying something different. Yeah, you know if you get one or two bites, you know like a half a dozen bites, I would say in a session is a lot. Yeah. See, but that's the thing, and you know, Cobbs F will tell you this. I was always the guy that was willing to not catch a lot of fish and try something different. Yes. You know, it. It, it, maybe it didn't get bit maybe it didn't get bit as and, and, and dude you know let me tell you something it's a really hard thing and it takes a lot of discipline to stay in the back of a boat and throw a bait that's not getting bit <laughs> when everyone else is roping them yeah you know and you have to just take a deep breath and say I don't know what I'm on the precipice of here. I, and I won't know unless I really throw this thing and give yeah. it a chance yeah. and throw it at different real estate, throw it in the kelp, mm-hmm. throw it in the boilers, fish it in deeper water and let it sink out and see what it does. You know, um, here's another one for you. I mean, I'm here. I might as well talk about this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, used, I used to do this a lot solo. I don't, I don't know who knows about it, who doesn't. I mean, I heard a rumor that may or may not be true that there was a team uh-huh. five years ago, six years ago that won the COC at Catalina Fishing Jigs in the dark. In the dark? They had their fish before the sun came up. <laughs> Shit. I've been fishing that jig bite at Catalina for as long as, like, because Cobbs F showed me how to fish a jig. Mm. I'd never done that before. And, you know, Matt Cobbs F and Scott Pethel are are the two of the best bass jig fishermen in the history of the world. Like, yeah. I've never seen anybody with that kind of finesse and that kind of, I still can't do it to this day. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I, I can catch a few fish, but those guys are the masters yeah. of it. Um, and to listen to Matt tell stories, you know, of him and Scotty fishing these bass tournaments. He's like, he's like, Scotty's back there blazing two packs of cigarettes with the rod. He's like, it's a freak show. It's a freak show. You know, you know, so he, he kind of showed me how to do that uh, on the wall, mm-hmm. on the, on the Long Beach break wall. Yeah. And we would fish Ronnie's um, crawdad, the, um, the, uh, the, I forget the names of all these things, but it was it was made by Edge Products. Ron, you know, Ron made those baits, and he made a little tiny one, and then he made a bigger one. And we used to bite the tail off and fish it on a football head, three quarter ounce football head jig with a brush guard. Mm-hmm. And Matt taught me how to do that. Matt, and then another guy by the name of Russ Dean, mm-hmm. who w- w- was also a phenomenal breakwater fisherman, and and he fished jigs as well. So again, right. You put it, it, dude. It's not rocket science. It's, yeah. it's two and two together. Yeah. Right. You say to yourself, "All right, this works on the wall. Why wouldn't it work at Catalina?" Yeah. So, one, it was in the spring. It might have been May or June. It was a really good calico bite, you know, on the plastics or you know hard baits or whatever we were throwing. And I brought a bunch of jigs, mm-hmm. it, like better than the break wall, killing it. Better. Yeah in certain spots mm-hmm. um now again i'm not claiming anything i'm pretty sure maddie's done it i'm pretty sure mayhew's done it they didn't tell me but i'm pretty sure those guys have done yeah. it i mean they're they're i mean they're bag of you know bag of tricks and you know imagine a guy like mayhew and you know these guys i mean dude anybody that's got real 
freshwater bass time under their belt is going to be a way better calico bass fisherman than someone who doesn't. I honestly believe that. And again, I say that out of, you know, I don't consider myself a freshwater bass fisherman because the kind of freshwater bass fishing I did, number one was in New York. And you were wet. (laughs) And I was tiny. (laughs) Yeah. And no, but dude, like imagine like, I'm I'm living in Southern California now. I'm 17 years old, mm-hmm. and I want to go bass fishing. And um, people are just like, you know, well, you know, why would you? I don't know, man. You're talking about catching 50, 60 calicos a day. Like, I don't know if you'd really like bass fishing out here. And it's like, well, what do you mean? It's like, it's just, you know, it's 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 a whole different ball game. And then, like, eventually, you find out that like. You know, fishing places like DVL and yeah. you know, all these, and you know, how hard it is. You know, it's 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 a real, uh, that's way harder than fishing calico bass. Yeah. So imagine I'm coming from fishing these little golf course ponds and, you know, these, and, and again, I mean, I, you know, I don't think I've ever, the biggest bass I ever caught in my life, green bass, was, it, it was probably, we didn't weigh it, but it was probably 10 pounds. And I caught it at Lake Skinner during a wide open striper bite. <laughs> you know, I, I hooked this fish and I think it's a small striper. Yeah. And my buddy Mark looks over the side and he goes, dude, that thing's green. <laughs> and it's like, oh, so we netted it. And that, I mean, that's the biggest, yeah, but up until then, I think the biggest freshwater bass I ever caught was like two pounds. Yeah. So... You know, and then when my parents moved here in 95, uh, we bought a house in Mission Viejo Mm -hmm. right by the lake. Yeah. So I kind of got into that whole scene, but dude, I just, I couldn't do it. Like I, I, I'll go there and fish trout with my nephews and shit like that. Or my brother was in town, but like that lake was so clear and you had to have it so down if you if you weren't bed fishing. Yeah. You know, you so I I've never considered myself any level of 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 freshwater bass fisherman and I and that was one of the things that always impressed me about Javi, about Mayhew, about JB, about all these guys, uh, you, you know, Scotty Pethel, about you know yeah. all these guys that had fished freshwater bass and were really good at it seemed to really have a little bit of an edge on the calico thing so even though i was nowhere near their caliber of fishermen yeah i still like i thought that way and that was why i would go to catalina with those jigs in the dark and i'd fish these black and red so when you're um, going in the dark you mean it's three in the morning four in the morning no i started like say i'd fish all day Uh right and then it's May, June, whatever, nine and it's getting yeah, it's getting dark. Seven thirty. So when you say o'clock. a team won in the dark, excuse me. So you said they the. Uh, I was told that a team won the COC, won it first place uh-huh. in the dark at Catalina on bass jigs. That's what I was told. Does that is that good? That's phenomenal. Yeah. Are you kidding? It's amazing. Me? Yeah. You know, so, everyone else is throwing all this shit. You know, I mean, and Scotty right. and Mike got the whole fast wind weedless thing down. And, you know, me and Eric are throwing <laughs> this stuff. And everybody's, you know, I mean, you know, they're throwing a seven inch LK Every, or a everybody, nine inch. Everybody was throwing weedless for a while, too, I'm sure. That Dude, was like, when that bite was hot, it was so much fun. It's, it, I mean, now it's. I barely it's, have gotten on it a couple, like I've tried. I've gotten some decent weedless. Like, recently? 
a couple weeks ago at PV, yeah, I caught. Oh, at PV, sure. Yeah. yeah. But I'm learning, so it's like I caught a couple, maybe like three, you know? Get, get, uh, you've had, Scotty Pethel's been here, right? Yeah. And what about Lane? Is Lane yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Ask them to take you. No, and, and I've I've just told, they've like, uh, Brian Sander gave me some lures. I another another guy. Yeah. Yeah, he gave you know, me some, super so. good at yeah. it. Yeah. Um, you know. Leafson uh, took me, uh, in the beginning, Leafson showed me a lot. Yep. Crankbaits and stuff like that. And then Bobby showed me a lot of things, too. You know, Bobby's one of those guys that, like, is more super nice, like, low-key. Like, you just... Guy catches a lot of fish, yeah. dude. Yeah. He catches a lot. It's funny of because fish. I've had pretty much every majority of everyone on here. I was supposed to do Doug and Eugene last year, but I just didn't get to schedule them. Those guys catch um, a lot of fish too. I've had Chad on here for long. He's one of the first episodes. Girly, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, hookup baits. I've had. I mean, how amazing are those things? They were great, dude. You know, it's like when Gulp first came out. Remember that. I use the fuck out of it still, dude. That's my so I don't use a hookup bait a lot. I use gold. I use I, jerk shads a dude, lot. Oh, dude, that jerk shad. That's like my thing. I, I dude, I, I still can't get my head around it. <laughs> I still can't get as long as I've been fishing. I still can't get my head around that whole Berkeley gulp thing. Yeah, you like, know, you sit there and you talk to the guys that are good at it. You know, Decker and yeah, and uh, yeah, JB fishes it real well and. You know, and he, he's trying to explain it to me. No, no, you put the jerk shad on the sled head, and you. It. Oh, I love it, dude! I I fished it probably like for a good six months straight. That's all I was fishing at the ball. I was catching a lot of fish. Really? Yeah. That seven chef seven inch. I had the sixes, and then I bought a couple bags of sevens, and mm-hmm. they all work nighttime. Work sure. Great. Yeah. You got a color preference on that? Uh, I like the black at night. Black. Yeah. I tried that with the sled head, yeah. and then I uh I caught my PB on the sled head. Uh, a seven pound calico. That's a nice fish. Yeah, that's yeah, a so really it was, nice it was fish. on a sled head. It was like on a six inch, like a electric chicken jerk shot. Yeah, that's what I mean. I was fishing the fuck out of it. This was last October. Yeah, dude, October is my favorite month to fish. <laughs> and I think even has, freshwater for me, October is my favorite too. Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we're in lobster season too, so you could fish all day, and then when it gets dark, jump in and go home with a limit of bugs. There you go, dude. <laughs> you know, I mean, what what's better than that? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just so epic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, yeah, there's so, there's so, I mean, that's why I think what you're doing with this show is so great because there is so much to talk about. And there are so many guys that are so talented that, that have contributed so much. And, you know, again, it's like it, so much of it is. Like, what's that phrase? Six of one, half a dozen of another. You know, like you could say that EB and James and what they did with the SWA, SWBA did so much for the saltwater bass scene in Southern California, yeah. which is 100% true. Yes. But I also think it killed it. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's six of one, half a dozen of another. Yeah. You know, and to the point where I like, I remember asking Jerry. We were lobster diving one night, and 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 when he, it was right when he first met Maria. He was super happy, and the guy was just all smiles all the time. <laughs> he was so great to be around. He, he always is, but yeah, he was just in a really good mood. And he had the new boat, the Roballo. Yeah, he was just so stoked on this whole like. I remember when he was first talking to me about that he was going to do a series. You know, my question to him, just as a friend, like yeah. like nothing negative whatsoever, but it was always, why? Why? Mm-hmm. And you know what? His answer was perfect 
and it was beautiful and it was pure. He just said, Sandy, because I love tournament fishing and I want to do it just because I love it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? There's no better answer than that. Yeah. There really isn't. Yeah. Because I I think we'll 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 end this on on because I know we're going long, but we'll <laughs> we'll end this on something that's very dear to me. That that's a very tender thing. Okay. Like that's a and I'll I'll share it with you. Um it's very personal. Uh-huh. Um my father's very sick. Uh-huh. Um in 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 the in recent years, uh, I've moved in with him um, into the Mission Viejo okay. house because um, he has trouble getting around. And uh, how old is your father? He's seventy eight. Okay. Okay. Um, and he unfortunately he's diabetic. He's got a bad heart. He's got a, a defibrillator. Um, he's got high blood pressure. You know, a lot of a lot of he, and and, he, and the poor guy, he's dealt with so much in his life. He he lost his mother at a very early age like it was right after i was born so he was 26 or 7 God. he lost his mom to cancer yeah and then he watched his wife my mother go through the same thing before <sighs> she was even 60 dude shit so he really was having a hard time yeah my mom passed in 2003 and so that's around the time so i've been living there now 15 16 years yeah. and this happened a few years ago, um, you know, before he started having trouble getting around. Um, again, I, you know, it's personal to me, but I don't know anyone else that doesn't do this. <laughs> you know, you'll sit there the night before you go mm-hmm. and you're organizing like your little 3,600 boxes or whatever yep. they are and you're trying to figure out what you're bringing and you're tying things on and you're just excited. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you're, 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 you know, what colors do, okay, so we're going to Clemente. That's more of a red brown island as opposed to Catalina. That's more of a green island and you, you know, all this stuff's going through your head and you're like, okay, I'll bring this, I'll bring that and then, you know, if it's bug season, you know, you're, okay, you know, <laughs> I'm putting new batteries in my light. So yeah. that's like, my ritual the night before you leave mm-hmm. okay and i'm pretty sure everyone's everyone tying does on leaders whatever it might Exa- be yeah exactly yeah exactly so one night um i have a you know, workbench in the garage we have a huge garage big three-car garage so i have a big workbench in there with all my lures and stuff like old stuff from when i was a kid and it's just i just love being in that space yeah and that's where i do all that i'll rig my spear guns or whatever and i remember Let's see if I could do this without getting choked up. I looked over my shoulder and my father is standing in the doorway of the garage. <laughs> and he's just looking at me. And, you know, it's the, you know, the door that goes into the house, mm-hmm. you know, and he's just standing there and he's got a drink in his hand. And I, I just kind of threw my hands in the air and it, I didn't say anything, yeah. but I, as if to say, like, are you all right? Yeah. And he looked right at me and he said, do you realize I've been watching you do this for 45 years? That's crazy. Same thing. You used to do this when you were a kid, <laughs> when you knew I was taking you fishing or Uncle yeah. Stanley was taking you fishing or we were going with grandpa. You'd stay up. 
you'd organize all your, even if it was just a Saturday morning where you knew that you didn't have to go to school and you could walk down to Clove Lake and go bass fishing, you'd line up all your worms and everything. And he just told me, he says, you know what, Sandy? He says, that is the greatest gift you've ever given me as a parent is to watch somebody be so passionate about something for so long for so man, long yeah. and you haven't lost one ounce of 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 fervor and vitality and energy and passion and drive mm-hmm. and i think the second you lose that is when you should hang it up you have to have <laughs> That little kid inside of you that almost can't sleep the night before. I agree 100%. And that's what fishing is about. Smile, smile on your face, sun's out, you got your rod in your hand, you got a tackle box full of lures, you, you know, and it's it's the same thing as when you were a kid. And, and I think the best fishermen... The people that are the most successful at it have that. Yeah. I think it's a vital, crucial part of what we do. And I think if you lose it, you're done. I think you have to have that. I think more so. And I think that's with almost you could put that to anything that you enjoy doing. Sure. You love doing, man. You know, if you don't feel that, you know. But it just, it, it took my dad to say that to me because that's not something I would think about. No. <laughs> Especially because I'm single and I don't have kids. Yeah. And I, you know what I mean? It's, it's just not my thing. Yeah. So to hear my dad say that to me in such a way to say like, it's something that I'd given him. Yes. You know, it was so, it's such a pleasure for him to see me start this so young mm-hmm. and go through all the different stages of it, you know? And, and j- it was just the way he said it. He's just like, I've been watching you do this for 45 years. And he told me, he's like, not a goddamn thing has changed. You, you, you're a man. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I mean? You're, you're a grown man, but and and it was it was it was just a really wonderful beautiful warm conversation and it was just he even got into the way that i was handling the things and because i mean god knows how long he was standing there but you know he's telling me he's like i'm just watching you like run your thumb across the thing and you're kind of turning your head and you're turning the lure and you're holding it in the light a certain way. And then I'm thinking, is he going to put it in the box or is he going to hang it back up on the wall? You know? And it's just like, dude, it was like, it brought me to tears, man. Yeah. yeah. You know? And I think out of all this nonsense and all the crap that we've talked about for the past two hours right there, that's the crux of it. That's the juice. That is the most important thing. And I think you have to have that. You have to have that outlook of that little kid that was he couldn't sleep the night before because he couldn't wait to get out the door and go fishing with his dad or fishing with his grandfather or fishing with his friends or whoever first took you fishing. You have to hang on to what got you there in the first place. Yeah. You know, and I, I just, I think that's the most important thing. 
I really do. I, I think, you know, you hear people talk about it all the time and, you know, it's cliche now, but, you know, it's like, oh, you know, the fish are, what is it? The, you know, the fish are just the cherry on the, the cake and oh, yeah. the fish are just an extra. You know, yeah. I love being on the water. It's kind of bullshit because everybody loves catching fish, <laughs> but yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, I do, 100%. Right? Yes. You know, it's just you have to be able to appreciate the slow days. Yes. Because if you don't have the slow days. You won't get the wide open You won't days. have the stoke. Yes. Of, oh, I found them. We're into them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and that's what social media is just killed. It just took a big old knife and just, like, it's just, because, you know, these kids, they get on the internet, it's like, oh, you know, it's, you know, there's a, you know, there's a bite here and, okay, so let's go tomorrow to where, like, you and I just went. Yeah. You just went. Yeah. I'm going to drive down to the beach, walk down on the rocks and start casting. Yeah. If I catch fish, I do. If I don't, I don't. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Well, man, what a great, great message. What a great way to end the podcast. It's a long one. I think you're almost at the record. Uh, I think we're almost at three hours. Thank you so much. Hey, it was a great, man. You really had a lot of insight. Dude, we went all over the place. It was, it was really cool. I hope everyone enjoyed it, too. I And know, I'm going to take some pictures of the uh, the lures he has and okay. the uh, those Weber ones, like old school looking ones. We'll take These some pictures. These are from the 50s, yeah, bro. Dude. They're from the 50s, you know, from when our dads were doing it. You yeah. Know? But, um... Thank you so much for having me and, and, and letting me ramble. And, and No, uh, it was fun, dude. I had a blast. It was like a lot of history, man. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, I, it just seems, you know, because I'm not super active on social media with this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was an, it was an opportunity for me to get some stuff out, yeah. you know, and just yeah. kind of set the record straight with a couple of things and just kind of provide some perspective for people. And, yeah. But I just, you know, I hope everybody got something out of it. I oh, mean, I, that, you know, it was, I, a, it was a fun one. It was a fun know, one. I just, I like everybody that does it. I just, I enjoy talking about fishing. Yeah. Well, know? thanks for coming on again, Sandy. My pleasure, it. man. Thank you um, for having me. What's your social media? If someone wanted to check you out. Yeah, my social media, I'm at Sea Monster Slayer. Okay. The, the letter C, Monster Slayer. Okay. Uh, it's a private account. It's, okay. um, it's family and friends only. So, there you um, go. You know, request me and, and uh, you know, just you can keep up with my adventures and stuff like that. I don't post a whole lot. It's, uh, you know, I'm not one of these guys that feels the pressure to do it every day or every whatever. But, you know, I do, you know, I drop a few things on there every now and then. You know, if I grab a big bug or I, <laughs> you know, shoot a shoot a 200-pound tuner or something, I'll put it on there. But, you know, it's uh, it's a way to keep in touch with me. Or if anybody has any questions, just yeah. d- d- DM me there and... Uh, you know, I'm 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 very forthcoming with information. You know, I'm one of these guys that just believes that there are no secrets, and you just got to go out and catch fish. You know, Cobbs have told me that a long time ago. You know, it's like, you know, when I was at when I asked him about, you know, it's like, well, this tournament thing, like SWBA, like, what are we gonna do? He's like, we're gonna go fishing. <laughs> we're gonna go fishing, dude. Yeah, we're gonna go right? fishing. Yeah, that's it. So cool. I mean, that's there you go. Go fishing. There's a message, guys. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Appreciate it again, Sandy. Take care, guys.